minds in the game hosted by adam camilleri art of war down under hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to this episode 76 of the art of war down under podcast my name as always is adam camilleri and i'm joined by two auspicious gentlemen of the four-armed creed or emperor or whatever they are They've been planning generations and lying in the waiting and all the thingies in the bits. I'm joined by, first and foremost, one of the holders of the five names of power, Mr. Cannon Beaks himself. Hello, mate. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. My absolute pleasure, dude. And secondly, we're joined by the current number one ranked player in the damn world, John the Boy King Lennon. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on to talk about my favorite army. The pauper prince himself, one would say. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that might stick. Um, but we're here to do the first half of our review of the Gene Steel Code Codex. So that was voted on by you, the patrons, the listeners. Everybody had a vote. I, over 70 people chimed in to vote between this or the Custodes book for which we will review first of these two. And GSC got over the line only by about six votes, which I thought was quite surprising. I thought um, one was going to win or the other, and I, I predicted GSC would win because I thought people were more interested and intrigued by the, the new direction where there was, I think some of the GS, some of the custodies players were a bit tentative on whether their book would even be like playable or viable, seeing as they were kind of on a little bit of a house of cards. But first and foremost, guys, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, John. What are you involved in? What do you do? Where can people find you if they want to? Absolutely. You can find me as part of the Art of War. If you're listening to this show, I really hope you're, uh, you're aware of it. Uh, you can find me on the Art of War podcast as well. You can find me on our website, theartofwar40k.com. In the War Room, it's a premium coaching service. We also have free content on YouTube. If you want to know everything well and good about Warhammer, well, check us out. That's right. Akana, is there anything you're affiliated with? Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm a relatively new competitive player down in uh, Miami, part of the team Miami Dice. Um, you see me at an event, I'm usually the tallest, largest person there, so mm-hmm. pretty easy to spot. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Come up and say hi. If you see me at a, a GT or a major or something like that, I'll be at LVO in January. So high five him on behalf of his fantastic name. Um, but jumping into this review, gentlemen. So I need to tell you guys a little bit about what Art of War Download is or what we do and why you should listen. So we are one of three Art of War, Art of War podcasts, mine being the greatest of the bunch, of course. Uh, <laughs> we are primarily a review based podcast. And what we do is we sit down the week of pre-release or the week of release for a codex or a new piece of content from uh, Games Workshop and we review it covered to cover as much depth as we possibly can. We are here to provide you a service in the hopes that you don't need to chase the meta as hard. You can sit back, just you know, get involved with the bits and pieces that you need to, deep dive your armies and the spicy stuff for you. But just sit back, listen to some people, talk about some stuff, hopefully for an enjoyable couple of hours and get and absorb all the information you need to stay current and know thy enemy to, to some extent. And in addition to that, we hope just be an entertaining ride. Um, and we're going to be doing, this is, we're going to be doing two parts on this one. We're only going to be getting, doing half of this book today because it's a very, very deep book, possibly the most complex book we have seen in ninth edition thus far, but yet to be determined. But we're going to be doing probably from the start right up to the end of the stratagems. We might stop it off there. And I think that's going to get us a nice, easy hour, hour and a bit. And then over in part two, which is over for our patrons, over at Patreon, the Art of War down under or on theartofwar40k.com where you can purchase this podcast in addition to the part twos of and the war room 
for all the beautiful, wonderful content pieces that we do. And that is gonna be a discussion with these two fine gentlemen, both faction experts uh, for Gene Steel Cult, talking about the first press lists they're excited about, the things that they think are powerful and potent, talking about some matchups conceptually, and then a bunch of listener questions. Jumping off first into the good nitty gritty bits, Canon, can you tell us a little bit about where Gene Steel Cult was in 8th edition and into 9th edition, where they were prior to this book? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, buckle up. I feel like you could probably squeeze three parts out of this out of this review. I mean, there's so much in this book. Um, and, and I'm gonna be honest they 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 were not in a great spot in uh, before they got this release. Um, you know, someone who's who played the army through ninth edition with the eighth, eighth edition book. Uh, and I think it's the low one of the lowest win rate factions mm-hmm. currently. Uh, um, you know, I, I you know I didn't realize how bad it was until I actually picked up a real competitive army. And uh, I was like, okay, this is what the game is supposed to feel like. <laughs> yeah, felt the difference. Um, yeah, but I mean, honestly, my initial impressions is, I mean, this is the best one of the best written books in ninth edition. I don't think it's overly powerful, um, but I think it's got all the tools you want. It feels, I actually got a couple playtest games in yesterday and it just feels night and day mm. uh, better. So uh, hopefully, hopefully people listening at home, you know, get a little something out of this and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot to talk about. John, uh, what do you think so far? Man, just through the history of Gene Stiller Cult, um, this is the third uh, codex that they've gotten. Um, I sold um, about 7,000 points of chaos and bought into Gene Stiller Cult the second this codex came out in seventh. And kind of every time Gene Stiller Cult has had a codex, it's come out of the gates really, really strong. And then it has had lapses of uh, inferiority, we should mm. say. Yeah. where it came out in 7th was really, really good, but is the last Codex of 7th, and 8th edition came in, just removed the Codex from the game after, like, I want to say, like, 7 or 8 months at most. It just completely invalidated yeah. it, and they went straight into Index 40K, where they were, again, the last Codex to get a book, so they were very, very bad. 8th edition came, Codex came out. It's really, really strong. A lot of people liked it. A couple of big-name players, um, you know, and myself, tried to take it to GTs, did really well. It had some very popular builds. Was really really fun and then it took one of the hardest nerf yes. hammers by faq i have ever seen and ever. then the then a book came out that was a direct counter to it in yep. addition to those nerfs yeah it, it took the the patented triple nerf of gw where they nerfed the rules they hit the points and then they put something else out to destroy it exactly right and that was the uh, of course that was the eighth edition Space, uh, Space Marine book, which just killed everybody. Um, going into ninth edition, they struggled quite a lot. They've been very good at scoring points, but not at winning games, which mm-hmm. has been interesting. Like I see Gene Steel Cult players get like just automatically get rod every single game and every single matchup just about. Very good at engage. Not a bad primary game, but lacking a hell of a lot of staying power. And their punch just isn't there into the ninth edition matter at the moment. Um, but John, what are your first impressions of this book? Uh, first impressions is that uh, this is my already my favorite of the three books that we've had yeah uh this this feels like it's it's very much trying to get everything in gene's thriller cult on the same page where it's trying to get everything viable uh there's 22 data sheets in the book uh we'll talk about that a lot more later Mm -hmm. but of those i think 21 of them have a real legitimate you can make it you can make a case really include them which is shocking in a character heavy book and is a lot more than we've had previously Mm. uh the internal balance in this book feels phenomenal yeah. If there's no, again, we'll, we'll elaborate more, but it feels like there's going to be a lot of different builds despite being a low data sheet codex. Mm. It feels like there's a lot of options. There's, you know, relatively equal relics, warlord traits among the whole table. It's not like, oh yeah, there's rights of war and nothing else. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm really, really excited for this. This feels like 
This has the most thematic feel so far of any uh, codex mm. I've, I've seen for Gene Slur Cult. Uh, the unique rules in it are you know above and beyond what we've had before. Uh, the data sheets are improved. I'm I'm very very happy from the perspective of I love Gene Sturkel. Yeah, I think Gene Sturkel players will be very happy with this book. It's not Drakari. It's it's not no. Admech. It's it's not nothing up there, which is good. It's good, which means it's unlikely to be nerfed out of existence, and exactly. it's likely to be something with some longevity to it. I've been really impressed with just how versatile this book is, how flavorful it feels, and it's just it's still got a real nice depth of jank. But we're going to be starting off this review on page 54, for those following along at home. Mm -hmm. um, Canon, hitting it over to you, the detachment abilities. Are you able to give us like a, a TLDR or, or sum up the, the Gene Sect, the Brood Coven, and the Cult Creeds for us? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, <clears throat> so, let's see, page all right, so we got um, starting off the bat. Uh, you, you have a pure Gene Slur Cult army. Uh, your troops will get objective scare, just just like every other you know mm -hmm. book that's come out in ninth edition. Um, so Gene Sect. So minimum, you only recruit, uh, require each detachment has a maximum of one of each character. Uh, so if you want to double up on something like a like a Primus or Nexus or whatever, you're going to have to take that second detachment. Um, Brood Coven. Uh, essentially, if you have a patriarch, he's got to be your warlord. That's a holdover from eighth edition. Um, <clears throat> and then it's kind of gone even further now. If you don't take the patriarch, which you know I'm seeing a lot of builds where you might not take it. Yep. Um, uh, you're the, and you have a primus or a magus. They have to be your warlord. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you can't give non HQ uh, heroes uh, warlord trait. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's got that kind of tiered down feel that we got with like Necrons, right? If you have, you have to you have to have a uh, a noble and step down and step down and step down so you have to take like no nobles to have a crypt deck as your warlord for example right yeah yeah, yeah. correct correct um so and obviously we got cult creeds um not jump not not trying to jump too far ahead but um they they do have a really cool system if you may want to make a cult uh custom cult yeah um you kind of assign you know points there uh lastly we have the brood brothers so you can include a ashram militarum detachment mm -hmm. um but can't exceed 25 percent of your total army uh they lose the regiments from the ashram militarum yep. but they get plus two leadership which is n n not very exciting but uh, <laughs> it's there it's there if you want to bring some guard <laughs> yeah so john what do you think of this page um i mean you know i hate that i have to clarify this but after drukari i guess we should mention it uh, cult creeds, you have to have a cult attachment to get a cult creed. It's the same as every book that's not Drakari. <laughs> but with uh, Brood Brothers, um, there's a little bit of intrigue here. Mostly that um, if you include a Brood Brothers uh, detachment in your army, you do not lose Crossfire. Yep. This is the first that I'm a. Oh, no, I think Knights and Admech might be able to do it. Yeah, I think so. But this is one of the few examples of you can take your main army and an ally without losing your pure buff. In this case, Brood Brothers is very thematic, but. It can't be 25% of your army, so it has mm. to be a less than 500 uh, point attachment if you go Brood Brothers with your Gene Uh It's fine, but, you know, frankly, Guard aren't overly impressive at the moment. Yeah. So if you take them and remove rerolls and add a plus two leadership to your Lehman Russ, probably not inspiring anyone. Well, I, I think this is a wait and see what the Guard book brings. Yeah, right absolutely. now, you probably don't even touch it. Probably, yeah. It's probably even consideration. It, it looks like it's mostly a fluff paragraph if i'm exactly. being honest with yeah. you yeah yeah which is fine you know but like i said like you know maybe that, if that unlocks science for you down the road that could just be a nice little alternative not that i think that's going to be able to i hate to tell you this adam 
you can't even do that. It's only keyword regiment. So yeah, well, the science would have to change. Like, true, that, that, that's true if they change yeah. the keywords. Yeah, unlocking that, taking an artillery piece or two down the road, you know, these could be options. As it's right now, I think you leave Rude Brothers on the shelf. Um, jumping over to the cult, guys. This is pretty much going to just jump straight in and talk to you about the first of these cults, which is Cult of the Four-Armed Emperor. I'm going to give you guys the full rundown of this package, and then we're going to discuss it as one holistic bunch, because that's how we're starting to conceptualize these now. I think that's what G-Dub has done as well. They're framed this as a package. They've got it all on one page for you, so you get the whole thing, and then you conceptualize it. This is uh, Cult of the Four-Armed Emperor, and for that, you get uh, subterranean ambushes. You can reroll charge rolls made for units with this creed. Amazing. And each time a ranged attack is made against a unit with this creed, if the attack is more than 12 away, you benefit from light cover. Look, not too bad. Um, wall of trade, inscrutable cunning. Uh, once per battle round, when you see a gene steel, when you use a gene steel cult strategic ploy stratagem or battle tactic stratagem, if that stratagem is used on a cult of the four-armed emperor unit within 12 of the warlord, you can reduce the CP cost of that stratagem by one to a minimum of zero, which is actually quite surprising. There's very few instances of that. Note that the CP cost is only reduced by one for that use of the stratagem. Any further uses are the normal amount. You can use this stratagem once per stratagem. Sorry, this wall trade once per stratagem. Uh, plan generations in the making is still there for zero CP. It is a carbon copy of cult of the uh, sorry, of um, Cabal of the Black Heart. It is the new Vect, as in your opponent uses a stratagem, you say, I Vect that, or I generations in the making that, and it's one more CP every, every other instance of use. The relic is the formed Emperor Sword, uh, model equipped with a Cold Bone Sword or Locust Blades only. It is strength plus one, minus four, one damage, and you get four additional attacks with this weapon, and each time it has a wound roll of a six, it automatically wounds. The, sorry, a modified hero of six, it automatically wounds. So four extra attacks, um, which will end up being either uh, strength 4 or strength 5, I believe, at rend 4. Not horrible. And then Undermine is a psychic power. It has warp charge value 7. If manifest, it's like one enemy unit. Um, excluding your second fly within 18 of invisible to the psyker. To start of your next psychic phase, minus 3 to move, half advance and charge, and minus 2 to charge. So, uh, sorry, half advance rolls and minus 2 to charge. So that is the call to the formed Emperor package. And I'll tell you, boys, it's not bad. This one's sweet. This one's pretty sweet. Cannon, what, yeah, what are your thoughts? So I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, I, all of the cults have play every single sub faction in this book has play. Um, I like this one, uh, this one, my initial thoughts, this is like a good combined arms, uh, starting point, just because it kind of gives you benefits. Yeah. You want to make deep strike charges. You got some extra cover on vehicles or, uh, stuff like that. So that's good. Uh, if you really want to go ham on some stratagems and you want to just eat all your CP, like this is definitely where yeah, you want to be. Exactly right. Um, I mean, there's so many good stratagems in this book. So if you're, you know, really good, and you have all everything memorized and written down. You can always just be like, "I'm going to use this here, this, and this." And, you know, you can go through. You know, you got start out with ten to twelve base, and then you know five, you know, extra mm -hmm. CP over the battle round from the inscrutable cunning, and then five from you know your battle rounds. Like you can go through CP uh, Dude, pretty quickly here. It's, it's a good wall of trade, isn't it? Yeah, it's every battle round. So that's, yeah, and that's really strong. Um, John, what are your thoughts? It, yeah, I, I really like it. Um, Forum Emperor was kind of the iconic cult. Mm. They're the Ultramarines of Genius Third Cult, yeah. I'm being honest, um, where they were also very powerful in the last Codex. So it's good to just see them being a really solid all-rounder. Frankly, they have four different parts of this. I think the Relic is a pass for me, but it's still fine. 
But they have four different things here that are all in that like A, A minus category. Yeah. Not no S tier relic, no S tier cult mm. trait, but everything is just pretty darn good. It all feels like quality of life improvements. So I think the Ultramarines comparison is really strong here. Yep. Everything just makes your life a little bit easier. You, you, you debuff somebody, you buff yourself, you have a few more CP, you negative some of their CP, and just innately your cult trait is just generally solid. Um, so uh, just the psychic fire is pretty good too, uh, especially comp combined with yeah. uh, something like excavated. Well, Dude, I'm not, I'm not sure if you know about this, but John just, just we were just scrolling past and John just saw something that we need to tell everybody about. So one of the things I actually love about the Genius the Cult, the, the Cult Psychic Powers, is that you always know your Cult Power in addition to any other powers. In addition. So mm -hmm. that's one, obviously, really, really powerful. Um, you know, this is kind of in the mirror of like Thousand Suns mm -hmm. and Grey Knights where you yep. just auto-know the spell. Yep. Uh, not everyone has this. Yes, no. So... But this, really glad Jeans for Cult got that part. This is a big deal because it means that your psychic power that you get for your cult creed can just be a flex psychic power. It doesn't need to be a build around psychic power because you're not replacing one. Um, so I think it's real. It's a it's a really good uh, option. All right, uh, Canon, do you want to tell us about the Hive Cult package, which is the next one? Ooh, okay. Yeah. So uh, Hive Cult. Uh, this is actually a really cool one. Um, so starting off the bat, cult creed discipline militants uh, units within this creed are eligible to shoot in a turn in which they fell back. Uh -huh. If they do so until the end of the uh, turn, each time a mile makes a range attack, subtract one. Pretty good. Uh, units in this creed, this is cool. Perform act can perform actions in which a turn in which they fell back or advance. While a unit with this creed performs an action, this, that unit can shoot without an action failing. Advancing and falling back and doing actions is is pretty damn cool. Yeah, uh, and really doing handy. actions is yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, advancing and doing actions just just make, makes that rod game so much so much easier. Again. And the banners as well. Dude, advance and drop a banner, turn one in, on the midfield is really nice. Oh, yeah. And I mean, coming up once the you know GT packet comes out, advancing in, uh, you know, action bikers doing rod or yeah. knock, knock them in data. Yeah. That's pretty good. Huge. Um, so I really like the Warlord trait here. So uh, Hive Cult Core within six inches of this Warlord, uh, each time they make a range attack, uh, unmodified hit roll of a six scores an additional hit. Um, and that's pretty good. Uh, we saw that, you know, back in the eighth edition with the uh, Admech and just that, you know, that was the Magos or some one of the one of the Warlord traits give exploding sixes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Shooting's not nearly as good as Admech. Um, we got a relic here, the Vaklor's uh, Talisman uh, Hive Cult model. Each time the bearer makes a melee attack, an unmodified wound, unmodified wound rule of five, uh, ignores saving throws. Saving throws can't be made against it. Yeah, so you can make a big, bit of a beta. Oh, yeah, a foe for sure. Um, and then we got the stratagem. Essentially, uh, when a Hive Cult crossfire unit is uh, selected to shoot, um, you can pick an enemy unit and it gains a crossfire marker. Yep. Uh, pretty good. So that's essentially uh, just a 1 CP forward. plus 1 to hit, right? When, when it all boils yep. down. It's nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. Um, and then we got the psychic spell, which is going to be the synaptic blast, which is uh, warp charge 5, uh, manifested roll d6. Adding two to the result uh, for each friendly high cult core within six inches. Um, if the result is less than the movement characteristic of the closest enemy unit within 18 inches, invisible to the psyker, that enemy suffers D3 mortals. The result's equal to or greater. It's just flat three. Yeah. I'm, so this fine. is exactly where I love having this spell in addition as to a, the normal as a, ones. Exactly. I don't think I would ever take Synaptic Blast, but there is 100% going to be a turn. Where I'm like, screw it, I'm going to smite Synaptic Blast. Yeah, exactly right. And just and try and dunk, dunk yeah, six models. It's so easy to get three plus D3 mortal wounds with that. Yeah. 
Uh, and so this is, yeah, this is a big deal because like, like I said, your psychic power being a flex is that just so much better now because you're not replacing a premium power from the, the brood mind or whatever. Um, their fire discipline just being like, so a lot of people, as a, K, as a Kadian player, once I've done a wound to somebody, I can pay a bunch of CP to get plus one to hit. This is one CP and then it's army wide plus one to hit against that target, right? Yeah, yeah it's, correct. It's literally, um, yeah, one CP plus, you know, auto your whole army plus one hit against yeah, it. Yeah, that's incredible. It's, it, that's the best version of that I've ever seen mm-hmm. um, for anybody. So um, I so like cool. this, but I feel like you can, there, there's pretty, there's plenty of ways to get crossfire markers yeah. on units. I feel like that hasn't been an issue throughout the book. This whole thing, it seems cool. My issue is you're not getting, uh, you're still getting the penalty for moving and firing heavy weapons, which mm-hmm. is weird because it's an entirely like shooting based kind of. isn't it? I pulled. So I don't know. I think that was kind of a yeah. mess here. But. Uh, so yeah, the good bits here seem to be yeah the warlord trade and, and the and the stratagem. The creed doesn't do anything that helps the warlord trade or the stratagem, which is which is interesting. I mean, it's but there are, it's a good quality of life stuff. It's just good mission. I I will be good at mission stuff. Thank you. Yeah, it, it seems to all be about shooty infantry here, mm. where you now don't have to take the trash units to do actions. Yes, you take correct. more shooty infantry. They action while they're doing it. You can fall back and shoot. You can fall, you know you're just yeah. you're always shooting and actioning the whole time. Yeah, so it's just a, a shooty infantry build that's always playing the mission. Now you're Gene Sturkult, so I'm sure you'll accidentally find some close combat. <laughs> but everything seems to all be supporting. You take a bunch of bikes in neophytes. You yep. shoot people, you action. Yeah. And no matter what, oh. you shoot people, you action. I'm th- like yeah. what Cannon said is absolutely right. As soon as as soon as the next GT pack comes in and the bikes get to do you know so much more, this will get a lot better. As it sits right now, it's also I, true. This isn't oh, one of yeah. the, this isn't one of the top two or three for me, mm-hmm. but it, it could very well become you know two months from now. Bikes that can the warlord trade. Oh, sorry, sorry. You, no, you go, Cannon. Oh no, uh, I was. I'm not not trying to spoil something later, but uh, you can project this uh, exploding sixes to two units on the battlefield. Yes, that's so sick, isn't it, John? Yeah, that because <laughs> that, that'll be in the downshift section. But this is so good, just. Mm. Uh, the Warlord trait, Hive Lord is one of the best Warlord traits in here. And it's enough to make Hive Cult a very competitive option. Mm-hmm. I don't think it makes it a standout, this is the best. Yep. But that alone well, is like, I would consider Hive Cult. When we come to the end of this, you guys will see that there's really like four amazing, one flex, one eh. It's, it's pretty much the consensus we're at right now. But let's hit that next one. John, you see already. All right, so coming up next, we have the Cult of the Bladed Cog. Uh, this one is pretty, pretty, pretty fun. Uh, this kind of feels like it's a vehicle-heavy one, but we'll have to see on that. So everyone in the Creed has a 6 of invulnerable save. Uh, each time a model this Creed is selected to shoot or fight, you can reroll a wound roll. So you kind of get the, uh, the the Salamander Master Artisan equivalent. Yep. And then you add 3 inches to the range of every weapon you have, other than uh, grenades and the uh, the cache of demo charges. That's just like 3 good things. Yeah, 3 super solid. You know, this is not an army that has really good armor saves, mm-hmm. so that 6 of invulnerable will come up. It's kind of like your car, you know, when you shoot at a witch squad, you're like, yeah, this should be dead. And then there's just yeah. one or two yeah. sixes too many. And it's like, ah, this happens. Um, so really <laughs> good buffs there. I love the ranged buff because a lot of Gene Stickle weapons are in that 12 to 24 inch bracket. Mm. And just a little bit extra is going to make a difference. Moving on to the Warlord trait plays into the shooting theme again. Single-minded obsession is uh, before the battle, you select one enemy unit from your opponent's army. And uh, while there are core uh, units within six inches of your warlord, each time a model in that unit makes an attack against that enemy unit, you can re-roll the wound roll. This is Seal of Oath or Old Grudges, right? Yeah, it's just an, it's just a core-locked Old Grudges, which is a yeah. great warlord trait. Uh, there's plenty of big things in the meta right now. Gene's Thur Cult don't have a ton of re-roll wounds. Mm-hmm. So just getting a warlord trait, again, this is shooting or combat, however you want to get it. 
This is really, really useful. Uh, yeah, really mm -hmm. good. Moving on to that relic, it's Mark of the Claw on Messiah. It's uh, the bear has a four plus invulnerable save. And then at the start of each fight phase, roll a d6 for each enemy unit within engagement range. On a two or three, they take a mortal. On a four or five, they take two mortals. On a six, they take three mortals. So a four up invuln is not bad. There's plenty of characters in the Jeans Cold Army that don't have an invuln because they're just wearing a flak jacket. So getting an invuln on someone important like a Primus or a Magus is nice. And then random splash mortal wounds is fine. This is a perfectly fine relic. It's not one that you build around. Yeah, it's maybe a third pick. Maybe, like, maybe. yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, and then moving on to the stratagem, Xenoform Bionics. Uh, it's one or two CP. Before the battle when you're mustering your army, you can select a Bladed Cog Infantry or Biker unit, and models in that unit get a 5-plus invulnerable save. Uh, this does hinge on the power level of the unit. So if it costs 6 or less power level, uh, then it costs 1 CP. If it costs more than 6, it costs 2 CP. Um, this is fine. I like the idea of a 5-up invuln a lot. Mm -hmm. Considering it's just 1 CP for plus 1 invuln, it, it's a little bit tricky because of the power level of the units involved, where I obviously want to be using this on like a 20-man Acolyte squad. But as we'll see later when we talk about stratagems, there are a lot of good stratagems. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too many CP before the game starts. So this is an interesting enough stratagem, but I think the real strength here is in the Warlord trait and the Cult Creed. Oh, and of course the Psychic Power, which Adam just tapped the screen to remind me. <laughs> um, this is actually very good as well. The Brood Volt Surge, which again, they know in addition to normal spells. Uh, it's a warp charge value of 5, and if manifested until the start of your next Psychic Phase, a friendly bladed cog unit within 3 inches of this Psyker. Each time an attack with a damage characteristic of 1 is allocated to a model in that unit, add 1 to any mm -hmm. armor saving throw made against that attack. So, basically it's a 3-inch aura of uh, Admech Lucius. Lucius. Yeah. And, you know, you have a lot of one wound goons in this army. They don't have amazing saves. So when people start putting Vulcans into you, you can go down really fast. This is a great way to thrive against people throwing down bolt guns mm -hmm. and similar into mm -hmm. you. This, this will actually be very helpful. And the fact that it's not core locked in any way, it's just played a cog unit. You can put this on whatever you want. Yep. Um, uh, does this work this? with Alien Majesty? Or? It does. It does. Uh, Canon is, uh, I, think, I think Alien Majesty is a uh, reference to a... Um, or whatever it's called, the Warlord trait that gives plus three inches to auras. Yes. This is an aura. Yes. And when we get to the Warlord traits, uh, yeah, that does not limit psychic powers. You can yeah. do it as well. So if you have this on, like a Magus or Patriarch mm -hmm. with plus three inches to all their auras, this becomes a six inch aura, which is considerably. Uh, it turns out it's double, it's twice as good. <laughs> twice as good. <laughs> uh, Canon, what do you think of this package for Blade Cog? Um, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's it's passable, and there's nothing really that jumps out here. I mean, I think John was pretty correct with, I mean, if you want to run a bunch of invulns and make your stuff a little more durable, uh, the extra range is super nice. Uh, it would have been cool if it did add to your grenade range. I um, would have liked that, but I mean, it's a cool all-rounder. Uh, it's not doesn't really do anything um, outside of giving you a little more durability, but I don't think that's something you want to lean into with this army. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm pretty much exactly the same. I think this is the, the go-to for a more mechanized option. Uh, John, what are you going to say? Yeah, I just wanted to make a quick note on the power level just so everyone kind of understands the stratum a little more. Uh, for If your power level is 6 or less, what you're basically looking at is a 10-man Neophyte squad or a 10-man Acolyte squad is going to uh, fall into that boundary. Uh, anything else is probably not. Uh, mm -hmm. Although also, because unfortunately 10 Metamorphs goes to power level 7. Yeah which is just on the wrong Oof. side of that. Probably intentional. And then um, as far as the bikes go, uh, the Adeline Jackals, uh, if you go up to like a 7, 
uh, Adeline Jackals, then uh, it'll be power level six. Yeah. Anything more than that. So you can have like a small Adeline mm -hmm. Jackal unit with no wolf quads. Yep. So if you don't take any wolf quads, you can do that. So one CP, just eight bikes, five available, not bad. Not bad at a all. A 10 man Acolyte squad, not mm -hmm. bad. Anything else, probably not worth it, or you're getting a huge unit to put two CP onto. Yeah, I, I think it's more of you do it once or twice um, at one CP, or you do it a bunch of times at two, and you make, you make it just an archetype. And that's just the plan. That's just the plan. Fair enough. Um, all right, Rustic Claw is up next, and Cannon, I hear you are quite high on these guys, so we're going to hand pass this one to you. Oh, I'm going to fanboy here. Like, do here it, pretty do hard. It, this is my This is my favorite uh, by far. Um, I put it on the table yesterday, and it was just... I had so much fun running around with, I mean, everything. Okay. So nomadic survivalist. So your cult creed, which you're going to get for selecting this um, sub faction, you're going to get uh, each time an attack is made um, against a model with this creed. Uh, yeah. If that has AP one or two, uh, you reduce it by one. It's mm. where they wrote worsened. I don't think I've seen that. I've in. never seen that, but I've, I've wanted this uh, kind of mechanic in the game for ages. I'm really happy they got it. Yep. So that's right off the bat, which is actually feels really relevant. The army felt significantly more durable just on accident as I brought that. Um, and then the big thing. So each time a unit with this creed makes a normal move or advances in your movement phase until the end of your shooting phase, it can't, it counts as have remaining stationary. Yeah. So it's remaining stationary, not advances and counts as having moved. It's either either and you just, you count as staying still. This is, this is nice. <laughs> this is this is what makes it. I mean, it just adds so much mobility, and I think this is what will make a shooting GSC um, army very viable. Um, yep. So th that's just strong off the bat. And then we got the Warlord trait, uh, Entropic Touch. Uh, so each time this Warlord makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of a six, uh, Tesla's two additional hits, uh, and increases the AP by one, mm -hmm. um, unless it's a Relic. And I actually really like this. I haven't been super impressed with all the Warlord traits in this book. Um, so you're probably bringing usually one in all the lists kind of I brought. Uh, and this is really good. This slots into a Primus with the, we'll talk about the Relic later. Yep. Uh, where he, he can just he can just dunk on something. And it's great. I wish you could take this with the, the extra four attack sword. Because that would make a lot of sense. Because the six is to hit Immortals and then another hit in addition. And then you just got this spiraling ten attack. Dude, that, yeah, it, it feels good. It feels like uh, as close as we're going to get to a succubus. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we got the relic. This is a really cool relic. So, uh, Rusted Claw model only. The, the the barrel is eligible to shoot and charge and manifest psychic powers when it advances or fall, falls back. Um, that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, each time the bear makes a normal move, advances or falls back, uh, charge move, it can move horizontally through models and terrain features. So, it's got a flip belt. Uh, a prom <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just imagining that, like a, a patriarch with a flip belt doing doing acrobatics. Uh, so uh, yeah, so far the, that wall of trait and relic just uh, pretty much just make a super super model, right? Super model. Mm -hmm. um, I really <clears throat> like this nomad's mantle on something like uh, Jackal Alphys that has just a ton of movement oh, as a yeah. way to just maybe go steal an objective or yep. go get exposed on something. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, and then this is this is probably possibly one of my favorite strategies in the book. So um, in your movement phase, after after a jackal claw unit um, has made a normal move, advances or falls back, uh, one model in that unit can shoot a grenade weapon as equipped as a viewer is shooting your face. So um, when you select a model as a target for the attack, enemy models or enemy units that rusted claw jackals move through within six inches at any point in the phase are an eligible target. Uh, you know, even if they're not visible, which is kind of kind of crazy. Uh, and to the end of the phase, do not roll to determine the number of attacks. It's just automatically six. So you get to just yeet a unit of jackals by whatever you want. Maybe it's a character or a screen behind a building, 
and just throw six demo charges at them in the movement phase. Because yeah, this this isn't a shooting attack, is it? You're you're not shooting. You're as if it was your shooting phase. Does that, does that mean bodyguard works? Does that mean your character protection works? It it definitely means bodyguard works. Yep. Um, I think lookout sir might still be a problem, but. Uh, it's kind of a weird, you know, one rule says you can, one says you yeah. can't, who wins. Mm. Right. Um, so that's one that I would expect to get F addressed in FAQ because it's not crystal clear. Either way, though, Correct. throwing it at something out of line of sight, yes. awesome. Yes. Uh, throwing it at something out of range, awesome. You know, these units move 14 inches. Mm -hmm. for, and and auto know, advance six. So you can so move up seven, get within six, move back seven, yes. and now you're still far away, but you've just dropped, you know, dropped a demo charge in their lap. What's the profile on demo charges, Cannon? Just for people at home. Uh, it's going to be D6 shots, blast, uh, strength 8, AP3, damage 2. Nice. Um, so so yeah. the, what I'm picturing here is they've got a unit of interceptors that you can't kill otherwise, and you just rock up, throw six of these at them, and go away. And it's like Grey Knight sitting behind a wall, and you just bang, bunch of, you're going to win you on two shots. Every, every fail saves a dead guy. Feels good. Feels real good, and, and you know, I got to keep into account the crossfire. Uh, you mm. know, if you got a crossfire oh, marker on there, plus yeah. one to wound, and then ignores cover, so that's that's really good. Uh, finishing things off, uh, psych power is pretty good. Inescapable decay, man, it's just so good that you can just you just have this as a flex. Like mm. any of these spells that you choose, just that's I mean, that's so good. Um, but you just pick a unit with an eighteen uh, visible, and uh, all your shots and melee attacks are plus one AP against it. Amazing, um, yeah, yeah, very good. It's, it feels like a Nurgle power. It feels like a power that like should be like Nurgle lock, <laughs> inescapable decay. Crazy. So they just controlled F the wrong, control V the wrong power in here. But as the package, what do you think, John? Um, overall package, I like, so this is an interesting one. Um, I, I'm not actually in love with the Cult Creed as much. It's not bad. Um, you know, it's very similar to Argent Shroud in the, you know, advance and kind of stationary aspects. Um, but the, uh, the Relic, Warlord, Trait, and Psychic power are all really good. Honestly, my, the psychic power is actually my favorite part of this. Me too. Um, yeah. Because uh, when we get to profiles, Genius Thrill Cult has a lot of weapons that are that are AP one or two. One or two. Mm -hmm. There's a few AP dashes. There's a few AP threes, but it's mostly one and two. So just getting extra AP combined with the fact that there are not zero ways to ignore cover in this codex. Let's leave it at that. Um, really, really, really strong overall. Yeah, I like this as well. I think the drive by demolitions is cute, and it's actually going to come up more often than you think. But the buy in here is absolutely um, that that psychic power is amazing. Well, so the the reason why the the drive by demolitions really kind of sparks my interest is because that one unit of jackals, if you give them three demo charges, um, can throw one in the movement phase, and then throw six more in the shooting phase, and then go into combat and shoot and and throw six more. Uh, up to six more so yeah i mean it's just it's kind of a lot of damage over three phases for you know a relatively cheap bike unit yeah exactly um, and, right. and the other thing that i want to point out so the, the difference between this and the argent shroud one is that our transports have open top yep. um so it's kind of cool to, to drive around with neophytes and mining lasers and be able to shoot out of there so. it is that is also that is also really cool that's a fair call um something else is that i, I wanted to harp on is a, a fair call drive-by demolitions is that you could take a uh a jackal unit with two demo charges. Yep. Drive up, drive by demolitions, throw one, shooting phase, throw one. Um, there used to be a stratagem for Gene Thrill Cult to throw all the grenades in the unit. Yep. That no longer exists. This is the next best way to do it if exactly. you still like uh, bikes with demo charges, which was very powerful in the old book, but still has some play with this. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I kind of wish they still had, like, if they still had that, everybody gets to throw one, then maybe the demo charge profile would have to get a little worse. But I, 
I, I like that they still get to, to have that feel. All right, up next, my turn, Pauper Princes. The core creed here is each time a model with this creed makes a melee attack, if that model's unit made a charge move, was charged a heroic, heroic intervention, they get plus one to hit, e.g. Space Wolves. Um, and then each time a, a combat attrition test is taken for the unit with this creed, you can ignore any or all modifiers, which will come up more than you think, but it's not as game-changing as it should be. The morale phase should matter more. Um, all right, a wall of trait, Xeno Prophet. Uh, each time you take unquestionable loyalty test, which is kind of the, the pseudo look at sir or um, shield drone mechanic that we will get to later. Um, da -da -da -da. After a saving throw has been made for this ward is failed, do not roll the dice, it automatically is passed off. Um, and then the next dot point reads, each time a saving throw is made for this ward is failed. For the purposes of unquestioned loyalty, you can select one other friendly Pauper Princes or Brew Brothers model with this ability within six of this warlord instead of three. And then lastly, uh, when a friendly Pauper Princes core unit is in six of this warlord, models in that unit can use this model's leadership characteristics instead of their own, a la uh, being a chaplain. Hence, you are a Zeno's prophet. Um, the relic, which is a reliquary of Saint Tendark. Tendark. Um, Pauper Prince's model only. The bearer has the following ability. Reliquary of Saint whatever. Aura. A friend of friendly Pauper Prince's core unit is within six of the bearer. Models in that unit have a five plus invulnerable save. My freaking God, this is big and the buy-in here. But I'll give you guys the rest of it and then we can gush over that phenomenal relic. Possibly the best in the game. Um, Vengeance for the martyred 1CP. Use this stratagem when a Pauper Prince's character from your model um, army is destroyed sorry, by an enemy unit till the end of the battle. Each time a friendly Pauper Prince's uh, model makes a melee attack against the target enemy unit, add one to that attack's wound roll. So you lose a character, pay 1CP. Whoever killed it, plus one to wound against in melee thereafter. And then lastly, the Psychic Power, which is Last Grasp. Um, a gasp. Jeez, I'm bad. Uh, last gasp is blessing. Watch as value of five. If manifest, it's like one Pauper Prince's core unit within 18 of and visible to the Psyker. Until the start of the next Psychic phase, each time a model that unit is destroyed by a melee attack, roll a d6. On a five plus, after this unit's models has finished making its attacks, it suffers one mortal wound. It can suffer a maximum of five mortal wounds. So this is very the same as the Black Templar's Vicious Riposte. Um, virtually the same thing, although you have 20 man units and which are a lot, lot more inexpensive than my 20 man units in the, the Black Templars. But circling back around, John, tell me why this relic is one of the best ever and how this is just the whole reason Pauper Princes is relevant. Um, I really, really like the Reliquary of Saint Tendark. Uh, the Reliquary was actually quite good in the last codex, although it was a completely opposite effect. But um, I, I called it Saint Tendies because that's a lot easier for me to say. Yeah. Uh, so the Reliquary of St. Tendies, uh, just the 5-up the invuln on core all over the place, um, utterly fantastic. You know, we talk about Jeans Cult and how they have a 5-up invuln, so it's great to give them a 6-up invuln with Bladed Cog, it's great to ignore some AP with Rusted Claw, but at the end of the day, just taking a 5-up save on a lot of cheap models, again, there's some potential to recover them as well. Uh, really, really powerful. This is the biggest draw of Papa Princess for me, and is one of the reasons I'm, I kind of have it in my mm. my cults that I'm legitimately considering. Um, I've played some games that it, 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 I do really like Popper Princes. Um, that and their their cult creed is generically good. Yeah. Uh, Jeans their cult is a little undecided on if it's a shooting army or a combat army. It definitely wants elements of both. Uh, just getting plus one to hit in combat, that used to be very easy to get. It is mm -hmm. no longer. Yeah. This is very important. Just getting your guys to hit on threes or from threes to twos, your normal guys to hit on threes instead of fours, that's going to add up a lot. I like the cult creed a lot, and I really absolutely love that relic. So my only issue here, I'm, I'm sorry, Cannon, one moment, is that I wish there was one other piece of this package that was genuinely attractive. 
The yeah. war trait, eh. The psychic power is kind of awful. Well, the psychic power is actually legitimately awful because it's a psychic power. If yeah. that was a stratagem, it'd be better. It, it, it being a psychic power is genuinely terrible, probably the, the worst, yeah. because you have to like flag the unit that you're going to go and try and get killed somehow. So it actually makes reason to have the psychic power. And Vengeance for the Martyr is kind of a losing proposition. I mean, though you can have a lot of like characters. I mean, you could throw mm-hmm. one away at an opportune time. Um, but Canon, what are your thoughts on this? I, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty good. Mm. Um, I mean that that I mean the relic is just crazy. Especially it's, you know yeah, you yeah. can throw it with the nexus. You can throw it on two different units anywhere on the battlefield. Spot on, man. Oh, we were going to talk about that. It's a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Plus one to hit, really good. Um, not really in love with the warrior trait or the psychic uh, power, but I mean plus one to wound probably comes up you know every once in a while if you just you know your one of your characters gets yanked off the battlefield. Now you're just going to get plus one against that. So it's good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It is uh, the vengeance for the martyr's tragedy. I, I hate that it's so situational, but there are definitely ways to proc it. Genius for the martyr has yeah. a lot of characters. Some of them are quite cheap. Some of them have a defined use, and when it's over, they're disp- you know they're disposable. Yes. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a Kellamorph that gets up close to the enemy to blast away and then dies. All right. Well, whoever got that, mm. or even you know. If you want to be cute, you can even charge out of reserve very easily yes. with some characters. Yes. And if you do that, it's just like, all right, well, now I'm just... I mean, if you're if, just going to kill it. Like, exactly. Mortarian, I'm sorry, he absolutely has to now. Yes, like, yes. If I just charge Kelmorph and do Mortarian, you know, peace out, Prince, one CP, my army is mad at you. Spot on. I was I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, you just suicide uh, your Kelmorph or something into a unit of three Talos and just to make just, oh, yeah. just to make your life easier. I'd, I'd pay a CP for plus one. Yeah. Like once Would you once pay a CP and 80 one? points for plus one to win? Because that's, that's the Into Mortarian, yeah. Into, yeah, exactly right. Mortarian. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, right. Not if you're taking Assassinate, though. I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. 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 Assassinate. Um, yeah. The uh, one last thing I want to mention, this isn't really Papa Prince, is just that you probably keep hearing us talk about how, like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about later how this is so good with a Nexos. Um, I just got to say it. This book is so interconnected yes. between everything it does. There's so much synergy, so many combos. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. It's going to be true for all cult, cults, yep. you know, including the last one we're going to talk about. They, it's also good. Uh, uh, external balance, like w- within the meta, is still yet to be seen, but the internal balance here within the book is, has been done extremely well. Mm-hmm. Like, extremely well. Well done to G Dub. Um, Twisted Helix, John, this is one of your favorites, one of my favorites as well. Probably Canon's rates it pretty high also. I'm hearing from most people that this is one of the, this is possibly the go to to get started with, uh, this or Four Armed Emperor. Tell us the story, John. All right, so the cult creed here for Twisted Helix is experimental subjects. Uh, you add one of the strength characteristic models of this creed, nice and solid. Add one of the move characteristic models with this creed, really can't complain. You're a little faster, you're a little stronger. And then each time an attack is made against a unit with this creed, an unmodified wood roll of a one or two always fails, irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or the attacker may have. So baby trains human, as we call it. Legitimately, you could remove any one of those three, and this would still be good. <laughs> the, the fact you get so all three, good. I do. It's amazing that they three are together. It's just yep. phenomenal. Yep. And this to me, this is the best creed to me. As for the best overall package, wait and see. I, I'm with you on that. I think this is the best creed. Um, you know, this and, well, we'll talk about favorites later, but very, very solid. Moving on to the Warlord trait, Bioalchemist. Uh, plain and simple. Add one to the damage characteristic of melee weapons the Warlord is equipped with besides relics. So that makes, a, a Patriarch makes the most sense then, right? A Patriarch makes a lot of sense because he doesn't have a weapon or relic yeah. he can take. Um, it's not terrible on anyone, but a Patriarch is where, you know, he's going to be the Warlord anyway. So instead of buying this for someone else, just take the Warlord and it's have afraid. him just be yeah. really, really good. Uh, the Relic 
is uh, pretty good as well. The elixir of the prime specimen. Uh, this one is again a reference for another page. I can just imagine uh, Canon flexing right now. Prime specimen. <laughs> the prime specimen. <laughs> um, so one twisted elixir model. Uh, select one genomic enhancement from page 102 for the bear to gain, even though it's not a core or aberrant unit. Um, and then if your army includes any biophagous units, you instead select two genomic enhancements for the bear to gain. Uh, to cut to the chase a little bit here so you understand the relic, genomic enhancements is the table that the, uh, that the biophagus uh, has where he gives a D3 buff. And uh, quite simple, uh, it's you're either going to get better AP in combat, you're going to get exploding sixes in combat, or you're going to go ahead and take a five up feel no pain. Uh, so just a, a nice little grab bag of choose a buff off of the table. Uh, just super solid, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a good, good relic. Again, I don't mind this on a patriarch at all. It could be good on anyone. You know, no one minds having exploding sixes in combat or a five up feel no pain. There's plenty, plenty of ways to use this. Agreed. Um, wrapping up, what's the next week? All right, wrapping up, we've got a stratagem. This stratagem is keyed specifically to uh, Twisted Helix Aberrance or Abominance, which is kind of the theme of Twisted Helix. Mm -hmm. uh, each enemy model destroyed by an attack made by a model uh, in that unit counts as two for the purpose of morale tests. Eh. Yeah, I'm sure at some point <laughs> that'll be useful. Um, and, uh, and this is 1CP. And then each time a model in that unit fights, it can frenzy. If it does so until that fight is resolved, add one to their attacks characteristics and change the damage characteristic of melee weapons it is equipped with to one. So plus one attack, all your damage goes to one. That's obviously fine at going into uh, hordes of like mm -hmm. guardsmen and stuff. But what you're looking at is basically one CP for plus one attack sometimes, yeah. only into one model, yes. one wound models. That's fine, but like my aberrants aren't really going to go after all of these. You've got so many better things yeah. to go and do that job. Yeah, so this strategy for me is a miss. You're probably not taking aberrants here. Yeah, honestly, yeah. you may not even take For, aberrants. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that psychic power, mutagenic deviation, is warp charge value 5. Select a friendly twisted helix unit within 12 and visible to the warlord. Until the start of your next psychic phase, each time model in that unit makes a melee attack, and a modified hit roll of a 6 automatically wounds. Uh, solid. Yes, yeah, solid. Just wounds better in combat. Um, again, this is one where I don't really want to take it, but I'm super glad it's free. Yeah, me too. Me too. Super I'm, glad I'm super glad this, this one is free because when you want it, you're going to be happy it's there. Cannon, what are your thoughts, brother? Um, so on raw power level, I think this is the, the best one in the book, and I think this is probably the route you want to go down. Uh, I mean, you just get the, the cult creed is just raw stats. You just get better movement. Yes. You get better strength. And the mini transhuman is very valuable, valuable in an army of T3 and T4 models. Um, this is the only cult that I think I'm going to take a Patriarch in. Yeah. Um, I mean, getting in plus one damage, then a five up feel no pain and exploding sixes. Um, I mean, that's pretty solid. Are you um, saying because no. you take the relic and the wallet trade on him because they're, they're free on him because he has to be your, your wallet and then he just becomes a super soldier like crazy? Yeah, because I, I feel like he didn't get better from the last edition. Um, I mean, I, I, I value a lot of the other HQs and elites more than him. And he, I mean, he's 140. It's kind of steep. Uh, but this is definitely a place that I consider him. Um, probably not taking aberrants. Uh, you know, not really in love with their new profile. Like you can play them for sure, yeah. uh, but you need to commit pretty heavily. Uh, and then the incidental psychic power is actually—I think it's pretty good. I mean, if you're you know running like a bunch of you know like metamorphs or something, and you want to go mm. try to go into a knight or a bigger mob, yeah. like this yeah. is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think this is the perfect example of when having th th this is the perfect example of when just having this one for free is amazing. Because this is the great flex power. You're like, oh, cool. I'm, I managed to play into knights. Well, I'm just happy I've got this. Because you know what I got? I got a bunch of strength three and strength four attacks. 
that ain't gonna do nothing. But as soon as I have this, wow, I just just doubled the amount of wounds I'm putting on something. Yep. Um, I, I think this is my favorite. I'm just going back to the Colt Creed, guys. If this thing enhanced shooting, it would enhance every stat line, every possible way you can enhance a unit. You, you're better in combat because of strength, you move faster in the movement phase, and you are more durable in your opponent's phases. If you, if exactly, if this like gave like, I don't know, a plus one BS against units in cover or ignored dense or something, just something, it would hit every single possible way you could buff like a, a troop unit. I think Twisted Helix is phenomenal just based on the creed and everything else is just a bonus yeah. the cult creed for a twisted helix is fantastic uh, as far as the package goes world of trait and relic quite solid good for making a beat stick psychic power is solid the strat is, is trash <laughs> Strat's trash but i'll find something else points. That's okay. uh, it's fine um yeah overall um like looking at all six none of them are bad no, you, and, and that's that's a beautiful thing about the internal balance here you could make a case for every single six, every one of them yeah what are your thoughts, Canon, overall? Yeah, you could definitely make a case for all of them. I feel like um, the bladed cog kind of gets overshadowed by uh, Popper Prince's because uh, mm-hmm. I think you kind of want you want the bladed cog for the invuln, and I feel like Popper Prince's just does that better. So exactly right. Yeah, uh, I, this might be this, so far. This might be the best example of a book that has all the the cults or the the, the chapters down pat, like because these they've done this really well. Um, any one of these could have been OP if you just took out a, a, you know, this one, take this strap from this one and put it in this one. But they've done it in a way that makes all of them interesting, all of them thematic, and they, they actually all do something quite well. Um, I just think Twisted Helix was just too good. <laughs> Twisted Helix is just too good. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to flat make every model in my army better in three different ways. Cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the culture on Twisted Helix is great. Um, my favorite, I think, is Popper Princess. Yep. Uh, Twisted Helix is really solid, really powerful, but I like Popper Princess a lot. That five up invuln, I just I cannot get over how much I want a five up invuln in this well, army, and being hitting harder is just fantastic. Because yeah, I always were with Gene Slur Cult. Uh, they're not they're designed to be a little bit of a paper army, mm-hmm. and sometimes you put some effort into being tougher, and your opponents like that's adorable. My Laz can't have nothing better to do, and they <laughs> yeah. kill you anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the well, invuln is evergreen as far as I'm concerned, and uh, going for uh, you know plus one attack. Is just, or sorry, plus one to hit to my attacks. Well, it, it's always good. It fights the two inherent, inherent issues you'll always come up with in Gene Steel Cult. I'm not durable enough, and I swung and I missed. Yep. If you ever swing and you miss with Gene Steel Cult, you've just given up units for nothing because all your all your stuff mm-hmm. just instantly dies. At the same time, if you are just a third more, a third harder to kill than you would have been because of five of Benfold, because I'm not, I'm going to tell you, like, I get in tactical doctrine with bolters and your army disappears. Um, and so a third more durable, and then when you do when you do go into combat, you're just that much more likely to do the job. Like you, you just you just end up being able to have smaller melee units and and save more points for other things. It's really nice. Um, we're going to talk about the build your own uh, cults now, which actually needs a little bit of unpacking because it is quite unique in the way they've done this. Canon, are you able to explain this to us? Yeah. So this is um this is this is a cool way that they kind of approach it. Um, so it's a point system. Uh, you get four points, and essentially each like mini creed you can kind of pick and choose, build your own like it's a little buffet. Uh, each little mini creed is assigned a point value, and you essentially can't exceed four. Yeah. Uh, so something that's like, a little bit more strong, um, like impassion, where it's just plus one to hit in melee uh, if you you know heroic or charged, uh, is three. So you could take that, and then like a one point upgrade, or you could take two mm. two point upgrades or. Four one points, so it's a little mix and match. It's kind of cool. Yeah, 
<clears throat> I wish they did this more often, but I actually think these are a little bit too good. Just putting it out there. I think some. Of the, I, I think they didn't quite know how to price these up because some of the one one cost ones are should be two or three cost, and some of the three cost ones should be one. Um, jumping straight in here, though, we got Splinter Cold up first, which is a whole damn paragraph in and by itself. This is a four cost one, so if you're going to take any, like if you're going to take this one, this is all you will get. Um, select one of the following cult creeds and the other cult creeds that have already been named on the previous pages. Use the cult creed for the, the one you selected as listed on page blah blah blah. Um, and I think this. Uh, can I TLDR this by just saying? Yep. Uh, what is it, John? Yes, please. Yeah, so TLDR, uh, you get a different keyword than whatever cult you're going to take, and you get all their rules. Oh, and you just become that cult. Why does this need to exist? And this is pure, this is the fluff one. This yeah, is like I how know. you have inheritors of the Yeah, I know, but why did that exist either? Just call yourself, with, yeah, whatever. It's anyway. because someone's going to paint their, for, their cult yeah. green and yeah. think I want to play Form Dumper. Yeah, it just, that's it. it it's, uh, it's the fluff <laughs> option for people who want to be keyword friendly. But Genius Third Cult have zero named characters, so yeah. you never need to be... Exactly right. Yeah, it's not going to that, That's what I mean. You never it's, need a that, keyword. Yeah. Um, Hunter's Instincts up next is a three-cost one. You can real charge rolls made for units with this creed. So you just get the, just get one of the best parts of Forearmed Emperor. I'll do, the, I'll do the next couple as well. Um, actually, I'll do all the threes, and then someone can do all the twos, and someone can do all the ones. Impassion is up next. This is a three-cost again. Um, each time model with this creed makes a melee attack. If that model's unit made a charge, move was charged. Prophoric intervention, you get plus one to hit, so best part of Pauper Princes. And then Symbiotic Broodmind is the last of the threes. Uh, you know, with this creed, you're just able to shoot in a turn in which it fell back. If it does so, then you shoot at minus one. What do we think there, guys, about those three? Just solid. All, all three of them are like something you're trying to build around. I think that when you see the value of the ones and the twos, you're exactly not going right. to end up taking them. Uh, of these, mm -hmm. I like Impassioned the best, yeah. which is yeah. a plus one to hit. Um, that's what I'm seriously considering. Uh, but there's a lot of strength elsewhere, so taking a three instead of two or three other ones is going to be, you're really building mm -hmm. around this. You're taking Great. units that benefit from this. Cannon, you want to give us all the twos? Yeah, man. All right, so right off the bat, we got deep supplies. So each time a unit with this creed is selected to shoot or fight, you can reroll one wound roll, resolving the unit's attacks. Nice. Good. Good. Don't That's hate all. that. Yeah. Uh, then you got agile gorillas. So each time a unit with this creed makes a normal move, advances in your uh, movement phase, uh, and you're following on. Uh, uh, so this is essentially the part of um, the rusted claw. So you can advance and move and all that stuff, and you kind of stationary. Um, yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so, and then we got the rolls of the patriarch. Uh, each time a combat attrition test is taken for a unit with this creed, ignore any or all modifiers. <laughs> uh, leadership doesn't matter. Ninth edition. Um, mm -hmm. Toxin agents. Um, each time a model with this creed makes a melee attack against a unit, an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target, excluding vehicles and monsters, though, which makes this bad, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it if that wasn't there, this is solid. If this was just non-vehicle unit, because I mean, monsters can suffer toxins, right? Monsters is going to get suffered the poisons. Ask your car, right? You can yeah. poison a monster. You can poison a monster. I'd like this a lot more if yeah, if you could at least do it against Talos, right? Oh, for sure. Anything mm -hmm. against Talos, anything to spite yeah, that. Yeah, just shit. hate them in particular. Uh, I mean, that should have been thrown in there, like you know, designers note this does work against <laughs> Talos. Talos. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. And last, we got uh, Marshall. So each time a crossfire infantry model with this creed makes a range attack, unless that model's unit has moved this turn, the target is treated as uh, having a crossfire market market the attack. Um, you cannot take this and agile gorillas, which is <laughs> annoying because yeah. I would love that. That would be Marshall so agile gorillas. That you know, karate agile gorillas would just be too too much. 
Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, this one, it looks good until you see that the models unit has moved. So if you, if you're, if you tell your opponent that they, <laughs> you will get punished if you stand still, they're just going to move. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it. like, I'm just going to move one inch. This one model's moving one inch. It's, <laughs> unless that model's unit has moved. Right? Yeah. So, if, so the gene circle has to hold. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I said that. Yeah. So that's completely the opposite way. Yeah. John, take us away with the ones. Uh, yeah, really solid here. The one choice is uh, accustomed to toil. Each time an attack is made against a unit with this creed, an unmodified wound roll of one or two always fails. This is, I have a big problem with this, so I can continue. Irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or the attacker may have. I really do not think this should be one, because I do not think G-Dub quite understand how big it is to have that on a damage, uh, sorry, on a toughness three army. Mm -hmm. Toughness three army with baby transhuman. Uh, a toughness four army with baby transhuman. Custodians, yeah. sorry, it, it really only hurts, what, strength... Strength five and plus one to wound, or strength eight or better. This is strength six or better, or strength strength four and plus one to wound. Yep. It's so many more things get hit by this. But sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. No, a custom to toil is super solid. This is you know one third of the twisted helix, which we thought was the best uh, cult creed purely mm -hmm. on the on the, the stack of the creed. Um, so that is really really good. Uh, that that's one of the things is that if I'm doing a custom cult, I'm very likely to look at a custom to toil. Now, there is, of course, this is only worth it on the T3 units, which you're mm. going to say, oh, everything's T3. Oh, it's still good. It's literally one T3 data sheet. It's, like it's still good on T4, but still it's premium as hell on T3. Premium on neophytes. So good. If you're going mm. neophyte heavy, this becomes good, but it does encourage you to go neophytes. Not a problem with that, though. Next up is Industrial Affinity, another one of my literal favorites. Each time a model with this creed makes an attack with an industrial weapon, you can ignore any or all hit roll, ballistic skill, and weapon skill modifiers. But, uh, did someone say Dark Reapers? Yeah, like you just make everything a Dark Reaper. <laughs> For one. I, oh, um, so good. Uh, there's a whole list of industrial weapons on page 107, but the short version is if the Gene Slur Cult is holding this and it's not in Codex Space Marines, it's probably an industrial weapon. Yeah. Demo charges, power picks, you know, rock saws, rock cutters, seismic cannons, mm -hmm. mining lasers, mm -hmm. clearance incinerators, all so, of that. What all this, mining weapons. What this in truth becomes, it means that all your best weapons, ranged weapons, ignore the penalties for moving and shooting. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ignore the penalties for shooting into dense cover. And then all your best uh, melee weapons, ignore the penalty for being minus one to hit because they're a la a thunder hammer. Exactly. So this is phenomenally good because it just makes all the things you've paid points for better. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Why is this one? Yeah, well, I don't know. Exactly right. Same as the other one. This should both be two or three, and they'd still be good. Yeah, I would pay. I would happily pay a two point for either of those yeah. ones that we've mentioned. Um, honestly, if it was literally just industrial affinity and accustomed to toil, I would legitimately consider that as yeah. a little creep. They, they both cost two. Yeah, you yeah. would. And the fact that I get more on top of that, even better. Two more. <laughs> two more, potentially. Possibly. Uh, Alien Fury. Each time a unit with his crude pile, piles in or consolidates, models need to move an additional one inches. Just solid, yep. just nice yep. and useful. Do not mind that at all. Uh, War Convoy, uh, you got to build around it, but each time a vehicle or biker model this creed would lose a wound, roll 1d6 on a 6, that wound is not lost. I mean, uh, you say build around. I don't know many lists that aren't taking bikes. Uh, Cannon, is... have you written a list without bikes in it yet? Nope. Yep. <laughs> Enough said. It's only for a 1 as well. So, again, not terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely pleased with this. Love it. Want more of it? This is great. Um, next up, synaptic resonance. Uh, another cost one. Each time a psychic test is taken for units of this creed, you can reroll any or all dice rolls of one or two. Now, see, I find this this looks good, but you're only going to have like 
two psychers, right? And your whole army. You're probably only going to have two psychers, but I still really like this because almost every power is warp charge five or six. So the only thing you bust on is ones and twos, really. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't roll ones or twos, you have passed your power. And if you roll the four, you get to roll both dice. Yeah. So yeah, yeah this is actually really good. Uh, so this is essentially a reroll. It's, it's basically just, just reroll straight up reroll fail. Cast, yeah. Honestly. Uh, final one is cold eyed killers. Uh, each time a model with this creed makes a melee attack on an unmodified wound roll of six, improve the AP of the weapon by one. I actually like it. It's solid Two for You've one. Got I enough it. AP in the army uh, that I think that it's totally leave it home when you compare all the other one costs because there's just so many good one costs yeah. that i don't think this will make it but still uh the custom custom traits as a whole uh one i love the system Me too. i hope Me too. future codexes include Same. this style because i think it's phenomenal mm -hmm. two these custom traits are fantastic yeah especially the one and two costs uh yes and the way the, the versatility you get out of this and the system is phenomenal canon what are your thoughts yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's a great system, and I think they should have done this with um, the other books. Uh, I love it. I, you can definitely build a, a pretty high-end kind of army with you know these different creeds and stuff. I'm not sure I want to kind of really look into and dive into this because I really like some of the relics and, and additional psychic powers and stratagems on the, on the other stock creeds. Yep. Well, because you do, you do lose a lot now in this book. You lose... Yeah, a wall trait, a relic, a strat, and a psychic power. Usually, a lot of a lot of armies don't have that psychic power clause in the end, at the end, do they? So you don't feel like you're losing and, as much. And you literally lose a psychic power. You yeah. know one you, less. You, you know one less psychic power. It's not power. just access. Yeah, you're just not exactly. choosing it. You literally have one less psychic power if you're a custom cult. Exactly right. So, um, but I still think, and looking at this, <clears throat> I think this is better than the, what you can build from this, and we'll unpack that in a bit of part two as well. Mm -hmm. The two or three really good combinations here are better than, I think, possibly three or four of the build your owns. Of sorry, of, of the of the actual cults. Yeah. Like uh, sure. legitimately, uh, legitimately, especially like building around war convoy, um, like just max bikes, max bikes, and maybe one or two trucks or rock riders. It just gets a, so much. You add up how many more wounds your army ends up having at the end of <clears throat> by the end of the game for one point of your four, and just that's that's amazing return. Yep. Um, there's yeah, just so many. Go ahead. Sorry, can I, can I? Oh, you're good. No, you are. Oh, I'm good. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, now, the, the War Convoy, is, I mean, that's super cool, especially because the trucks and grinders got um, minus one damage and they're three up save now. So, I mean, they get pretty pretty beefy and then filling the pain on two wound bikers is just, I mean, that's great. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I would love to see, like, a, you can get some durability where you go War Convoy with a custom to toil. Yeah, man. And now you're, they got baby transhuman, you got to fill the pain on your bikes. They're, they're super hard to kill. And then you just take another little buff, like, you know, ignore penalties on your industrial weapons. Yep. Now, if a tank is trapped in combat, it shoots into combat with no penalty because it does all industrial weapons. Exactly right. And, you know, your bikers don't care about... You basically just ignore dense cover army-wide all of a yep. sudden. And then, well, you can, t you can take a war convoy, a custom to toil, and agile guerrillas, and each time you make a normal move for advances, your bikes just shoot as normal. Yeah. And you just buzz around the table with a bunch of bikes screening off and being frustration pieces. It would be so fast and still relatively durable. Yeah, it's still relatively durable, and, and they hit they hit okay. Yeah. Um, but moving over, we realize, sorry, one of the frustration, frustrating things I always come to when doing these reviews is the fact that at this, we, go, we can go through, we go through half of this book before we get to, oh, sorry, we go through all the rules of this book before we get to the, the rules that this book refers to in every way, that being... Crossfire, like this book refers to Crossfire so much, and I'm going to do the. I, if I didn't jump to it and tell you guys about Crossfire right now, we would do this whole review and it'd be the last thing we talk about. And I find that very frustrating. 
We'll talk about we'll talk about <coughs> blips and those changes now, but we need to talk about crossfire now because we're about to do the stratagems, and all of them talk about crossfire in some way. So, John, take it away. All right. So, crossfire is uh, the special rule for a pure genester cult army. So, if every unit from your army has the genester cult keyword, excluding unaligned and the percentage of brood brothers, then is and every unit from your army that belongs to a cult belongs to the same cult, then you gain crossfire for your army. So you yep. cannot mix Twisted Helix and Forum Remember if you mm -hmm. want crossfire. Agreed. Yeah. Um, crossfire is awesome. So in your shooting phase, each time a crossfire unit is selected to shoot, if all of those attacks target one enemy unit without a crossfire marker, then after resolving those attacks, the target gains a crossfire marker if any of the following conditions were satisfied. If either... Five or more of those attacks score to hit, mm -hmm. or one or more of those attacks with a damage characteristic other than one score to hit. Then you put a crossfire token down, and they go away at the end of your turn, not the phase, the turn. So simple, if your whole unit shoots an enemy, if you get five hits or a multi-damage hit, slap a crossfire token down, which basically is the other printed side of the new blood markers. Yep. Um, now you have crossfire token. What does that do? Effective crossfire. Each time a crossfire model makes a range attack, if the target unit has a crossfire marker, add only your hit roll. So if you, a crossfire unit, which is almost everyone with a gun, shoots at them, just boom, plus, one, plus to hit. one to hit. Easy. Each time a crossfire model makes a range attack, if the target unit has a crossfire marker and was exposed, which we'll cover in a second, add one to the wound roll. Mm -hmm. Each time a crossfire model makes a range attack, if the target enemy unit was exposed, and was within 12 inches when it was selected as the target, the target does not receive the benefits of cover. And that says the benefits of cover, not the benefits <clears throat> of light or dense, that's both. That's all of it. So how do you become exposed? So how do you get crossfire? You get crossfire by getting a couple hits, either five damage one or one multi-damage. Or in a thousand other ways that just... Yeah. There are many other ways to put crossfire, <laughs> let's be honest. How do you get exposed? <clears throat> Next does. Uh, yep. Yeah. To determine if a uh, target unit is exposed, Draw a line from any part of the base or hull of one model in the attacking crossfire unit to any part of the base or hull of one model in another crossfire unit. And that is visible to that model. And uh, if you draw and then the target unit is exposed if both of the following conditions are satisfied. That line passes over any part of the base or hull of one model in the target unit. And that line does not pass over a terrain feature with the obscuring terrain feature um, unless those crossfire units are on or within or the target unit could already be targeted mm -hmm. through the terrain feature, basically. Yeah. So basically what this means is if a Genester Cult unit can draw a line through the target unit to another Genester Cult model that it would be able to see, and they can both see the target unit, yep. which normally means they're not obscured, but it could mean that they're obscured in Titanic, uh, then you get plus, then they're exposed and you get the plus one to wounding door cover, all that stuff. Yeah. There are a couple other ways to add exposed or to count as exposed with some strats and rules and such, as you would expect. But the main effect here is that Gene Slurkle, whenever they want, can basically pick something and say, I'm plus one to hit against that. Yep. And if they put a little effort in or take the right units, they can get plus one to wound, ignore cover. Correct. It's a phenomenal <clears throat> thing. Now, here's my, uh, when, I, when I read this, I was like, oh, that's amazing. It's, it's going to be tricksy. It's going to feel thematic. You're going to, uh, you know, have to actually, you know, have, have some generalship with how you play. And then I played John a bunch of times and I realized you just kind of have crossfire on demand, on tap, whenever you want. You take the right units and every time you actually want to kill a unit, it's just exposed crossfire automatically. Um, Cannon, what are your thoughts on this mechanic and how do you feel about it? This is an incredibly well-written mechanic. Um, it's it tests your skill. It, it feels engaging. Um, 
it's not too over the top. And I think it irons out some of the, you know, the poor, you know, shooting uh, data sheets, you know, because your army is pretty much all ballistic skill four. Um, and a lot of the times the strength of the weapons aren't, aren't great. You know, for example, like auto guns and pistols and all that stuff. Um, so it takes something that's not particularly great and makes it really solid, mm, um, which it encourages you to, you know, go in and, and get in someone's face and like, you know, I'm going to ambush someone. It's like, I'm going to do an L shape and it just yeah. feels like thematically very cool. It does. It feels awesome. All right. Now, jumping back to the stratagems, we will do these stratagems and then we will be done for this episode. And there are quite a few strats and there's quite a bit to unpack here. So we're going to power through these with a bit of speed. Jumping up. Uh, first one is bore through one CP. Use a stratagem in the fight phase <clears throat> when a Jinx steal a cult unit from your army selected to fight. To the end of the phase, each time model in a unit makes an attack with an industrial weapon, which we have defined as just about everything that matters against an enemy monster or vehicle. You can re-roll the wound roll. So one CP re-rolls to wound with all your good weapons against monsters or vehicles. This is extremely good. Cannon, what are your thoughts? Oh, this is this is amazing. Uh, I I yeah, I in my game yesterday I just use it like every combat phase. <laughs> yeah, just about. Um it, it's so good. Um I, I mean, like John said, like industrial weapons are just feel like everything in the book is an industrial weapon. So mm. one CP re-roll wounds. Uh it's just good. <laughs> I think I think John so. put ten pure strange gene stealers into a a they, they weren't uh, industrial. Uh, oh, they're not. They're not. But uh, yeah, but I I did send a unit with a, a unit with rock drills into a Megara. Ah, yes. And that was very detrimental to your health. It was. I was left with Whoa. one wound left. I left, and that was because I used I had my free re free reroll for free blade and my and my CP both and resulted rotated for four yeah, combat. And they both resulted in me changing from dying to having one wound left. <laughs> yep. and I it was legit. Took you down to one, but uh, I was. I love this stratagem. All right, John, you're next. All right, rapid advance. Use this stratagem in your movement phase when a Genestar Cult Gene Stealer, Biker, or Genestar Cult Vehicle from your army advances. Do not make an advance roll. Instead, uh, add six to the move characteristic models of that unit. For one CP, super mm -hmm. good value. So this works on pure strains, any of your bikes or your vehicles. Um, we already talked about how bikes are fast and how maybe you want to advance and shoot them in some yep. cases. Yep. Um, super, super solid. Gene Stealers can advance and charge innately. Super good value there. Uh, just phenomenal, just phenomenal. Love Agreed. it. Great. Uh, uh, this this comboed with uh, the gene stealers, and then I think it's a trap sprung. And I forget, mm -hmm. one of the upgrades you can take where you just do a nine inch pregame move, and then you know plus and yeah. the helix. Now your gene stealers are moving what nine inches? Yes. Auto advance them six. Yes. So now you get some juicy juicy charges. Uh, we have we've worked it out that in I think everything bar hammer and anvil deployments, you can pretty safely get a turn one charge from a blip with a unit of gene stealers. Yeah, yeah, you, you can you can move gene stealers real fast, and that is something that gene stealers should do because this is gene stealer cults. Yes, should exactly be able to right. do this. Um, you're up next, Cannon. What's what's up? One with the shadows. Uh, so we got one one with the shadows. Uh, use the shadows in your opponent's shooting phase. Yada, yada, yada. So it's plus one to uh, cover saves. If you're in cover, it's plus one saves. Pretty good. Yep, yep. It's cut and dry. It is what it is. All right, dig him out. One CP. Use this stratagem in your shooting phase when a gin steel cult unit from your army is selected to shoot. To the end of the phase, each time model unit makes an attack with an industrial weapon. That target, If that, that target's unit was in 12 of it, the target is treated as exposed for that attack. So you can just walk up to them and get plus one to win to one CP if you're, mm -hmm. if you're willing to get that close. Yep. And by convenience, that within 12 inches also means that you're going to ignore, ignore cover. cover. As long as they have a, cross, a crossfire marker already, you'll yep. get the ignore cover trigger as well. Yep. It's pretty, pretty nice a 1 CP. Uh, that's probably one of the best 1 CP strats for shooting 
in the game. Although being the 12-inch qualifier means that if you do not kill them, you will die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, you're up next. All right. This one is an absolute staple. Overload fuel cells for one command point. Uh, in the, your shooting phase, when you use the cult unit from your army selected to shoot or in the fight or in the fight phase, when you mm-hmm. use the cult unit from your army selected to fight, uh, until the end of the phase, every time you use an industrial weapon, uh, that model can overload it. And if so, then the following effects. Uh, if it is a ranged weapon, add one to damage characteristics. Yep. If it is a melee weapon, add one to the strength characteristic of that attack. And then if an unmodified hit roll of one is made for the attack, then the attacking model's unit suffers a mortal wound when it's done making its attacks. So super solid. Again, we mentioned how a lot of things here are industrial weapons. Yes. Uh, very simple. One CP plus one damage in shooting. Phenomenal on a mm-hmm. big neophyte unit. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all on bikes. Not bad at all on ridge runners and goliaths. Phenomenal on neophytes. Straight up. This seems like a strat that should have a 1 slash 2 CP caveat for the number of models in the unit. It doesn't. It's phenomenal. And a new meme is being born because I'm going to stamp on this bread and butter because you're going to use this like every single turn. And you're going to build a, you're going to build units to use this stratagem. Yep. It's amazing. Cannon, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is wonderful. Um, uh, plus one damage, especially if you're doing maybe like a seismic cannon kind of neophyte build. Just, just amping that up by one. So good. Uh, plus one strength and melee. I, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, that's not as exciting. Uh, it's kind of cool that you just you know you can pick a unit and it just feels like everything turns into plasma. Mm. Um, you know, obviously if you get the ones after the rerolls, you know you take mortals and stuff. But, I mean, this is really cool. So what's cool about that though? If an unmodified hit roll of one uh, are made for the attacks, so that weapon, the model's unit has finished making attacks, so that's one model wound. So you're not even killing the plasma gun guys. So you know when I shoot. Nope. Attack squad with the plasma gun. The plasma gunner dies if I roll the one. In this squad, just some dude on the fringe. You're going to kill yourself further away from the, you know, the, the deadly stuff. It's it's sick. It's really sick. And what I like about this as well, um, you can kill yourself out of wraps um, if you do the one in melee. Because add one to the strength characteristic. Kill yourself out of wraps. Kill yourself out of <laughs> engagements with units you don't want to be engaged with, or that are ferocely intervened. There's a lot of jank you can pull out with this. If you charged into someone overcharged your weapons, mm-hmm. wailed on them, and then you're like, oh, I took three mortal wounds, I'm going to pull the three guys. And you can't hit back. can't hit back. It's so good. I would be mad. Oh, my God. I would it's be so mad. It's just going to happen. They're, like I said, bread and butter. Be prepared for this. They're going to use it against you. That would hurt. That would hurt so bad. Oh, I, I didn't think about that. That's That would be a very mean play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, you're up next. All right. Monstrous Vigor for one. I, give, I do give you the best ones, don't I? <laughs> one or two command points. <laughs> Use a stratagem in any phase when an aberrant or abominant unit from your army is selected as the target of an attack. Until the end of the phase, each time an attack is made against that unit, an unmodified wound roll of 1 through 3 for that attack fails, irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or models make the attack may have. If that unit contains 5 or fewer models, the stratagem costs 1 CP, otherwise it costs 2 CP. Should I have just said aberrant, abominant, transhuman? You should have. Yeah, that's yep. what it is, but you know what? Transhuman's a good strat. Putting on aberrants... Not going to make them worse. Well, it's not going to make them worse, but it is considerably worse on Aberrants than any other unit because they're the only T5 model in the army. Yeah, they, yeah, I think so, other than like maybe the, the Patriarch. patriarch like, yes. Yeah. Um, and if you can shoot the Patriarch, it's, it's all yeah, going bad. This is solid. Um, yeah. Aberrants are not bad. Uh, the Abominant, meh. But Aberrants aren't bad. Getting access to Transhuman, yes, they're very tough. That sometimes makes people put big guns into them. As soon as they do, you will be grateful to have the strategy. Agreed. So I don't mind this one at all. Very solid aberrant strat. Cannon up next. Oh, uh, raking fire. I like this one a lot. Uh, so it's jackal unit or ridge runner unit. 
Um, basically, if the unit has a crossfire marker and is naturally exposed, uh, which is detailed on 89, uh, which is, you know, being able to draw a line of sight through a base to a friendly crossfire mall, uh, you get full hit rerolls. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Another one CP strat that I think should have a one slash two CP strat caveat for the size of the unit. But yet again, it doesn't. It's just really, really, really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty okay with this. Raking fire is just good. So if they're, if they're already exposed, you're already getting a plus one to hit. But man, I just reroll hits, especially on ridge runners mm. who are not core and will exactly. not be rerolling. Yeah. And you know, that, that just seems very, very solid. That for me makes ridge runners consider like something you consider. Exactly right. We'll talk about it later, but great strat. Love to have it. Up this next, combos really well with the next stratagem on unit bikers. Perfect. Uh, mass firearms, one CP, you just stratagem your shooting phase when it's still cult crossfire unit from your army contains. That contains six or more models is selected to shoot to the end of the phase each time a model in that unit makes a ranged attack. If all the models in the unit target one enemy unit that has a crossfire marker and a modified hit roll of six automatically wounds. That can be a lot of shots. What's the combo there, Cannon? Uh, well, I mean, just your base stats on the on the bikers. You run the ten man unit of bikers, and you run up, you get exposed, and crossfire up, and you just do full hit rerolls, and then um, auto you know auto hits uh, sixes to auto hit uh, wound as well. Uh, so something if you're trying to you know pick up a, a bigger unit, more tougher mm -hmm. unit, this is I mean, just adds to your efficiency, uh, especially because the pistols, um, well, they're yeah, they're pistols now. They're strength four, uh, yep. two shots apiece. So I mean, that's it, it's not you're not going to always try to you know, dunk in, dunk your CP into this. But, you know, if you need it in a pinch, I think this is really good. Agreed. Uh, John, tell us about the next one. All right. Devoted crew is nice and simple for one CP. Uh, use a stratagem in your command phase. Select one genius they're called vehicle model from your army. Until the start of your next command phase, the model is considered to have its full wounds remaining for the purpose of determining what characteristic on its profile to use. Easy as. Easy as one CP, something's degraded, count as top tier. Just nice, fundamental, good strat. You know what? You can get the next one too now. All right, uses that hyper metabolism for one command point. Use strategy your command phase. Select a genius for cool character model from your army. That model regains up to D3 lost wounds. Love it, I, like it. I want some more of it. The reason I like this is because when you double this down with the pseudo um, uh, shield drone mechanic you have from guys jumping and taking bullets for your dudes, your characters can get very frustrating to kill at times. Especially if you're like, you know, you've by accident you've left one exposed or you need to throw one out. Um, to get an objective, and they just need to get some wounds back. This can be very helpful. Um, Cannon, anything to say on the last two strats? Oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're cool. <laughs> um, yeah, they're not super exciting, but they're you know they're there. Fair enough. Yeah, well, take us away with the next one then, brother. All right, so we got a uh, rig the blue, which oh, yeah. is a holdover from the last one. It made it in. Yes, I'm so glad they kept this. This was one of my favorite things to do with the previous book of just running trucks or, or rock grinders in, and just like okay chew on this and then just auto explode them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just throwing a bunch of mortals into your army and opponent's army is just so yeah. much fun. So if you, you need to buy a cache of demo charges on the unit, so it does come with a, a points tax attached, but then for one CP, you just auto explode that uh, mm -hmm. when it dies. Pretty good. You're probably taking the five points anyway. So exactly. uh, yeah, this is good. Five points for the options. Nice. And the, they're not, the demo charges aren't bad in addition. Um, Data Parasite is a one slash two CP strat. You just strategy in your movement phase, select one enemy vehicle model within 18 of and visible to a Clamavis model from your army. If that enemy vehicle model's characteristics can change as it suffers damage, roll 1d6. 
On a three plus until the start of your next command phase, that enemy vehicle model is considered to have half the number of wounds remaining for the purposes of determining what those characteristics are. If the enemy vehicle model has a Titanic keyword, this stratagem costs two, otherwise it costs one. I don't Ooh. hate this, but it's so hard to do. Ooh. It's so hard and it may not even happen. Like the fact that you can't pay, the fact that it, it, you even roll the dice is the, this is the piece of frustration. You shouldn't, I'm paying, I'm already paying a resource. I shouldn't have to roll a dice in addition. Yep. If I pay two CP and then I roll a two next to a knight, I literally just hand a two CP to a dumpster. And a clamor vest. <laughs> um, it's, I, I really don't mind a lot of like this. I read it all and then realized the I, went back, I, re I was actually rolling a dice to actually make yep. this happen. And like, I wish bad. it was on a three plus they take D3 mortals and they always. Yeah. Because like you're, you're giving them a data parasite. Maybe you, mm. you know, get some wires unplugged. Yeah. Maybe you do D3 mortals. But, you know, that's just not a rule. Instead, it, it just might fail. And that exactly. kills me. Yeah. So. All right. You're up next, John. All right. Next up is Legendary Demise for two command points. Use strategy in any phase when a Calamorph model from your army is destroyed. Do not remove the Calamorph model from play. It can, after the attacking model's units is finished making its attacks, shoot as if it was your shooting phase. After resolving these attacks, the destroyed Calamorph is then removed. And I can tell you right now, they still shoot pretty good. They still shoot pretty good. They're pistols. So even if you get killed in combat, you can still yep. rat-a-tat-tat as you go out. Um, 2 CP, little high, but mm. you know what? Sometimes you need a Calamorph to shoot. The Calamorph in general is a very solid option, so I don't mind having a, yep. a strat to help out there. Uh, you know, this is a good situational strat. I can use it often, but when you do, you love to have it. All right, Cannon, up next. All right, we got Distalt Consciousness. Uh, use this. this is a really, really cool stratagem. So... In your psychic phase, you basically pick a psyker, and if it's going to manifest a blessing, like something like Might from Beyond or Psychic Stimulus or whatever, you can select a friendly cult unit anywhere on the battlefield. Anywhere. This is this is <sighs> anywhere. Wonderful. This is so mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you bring like a unit of acolytes in; they'll charge in, kill something on objective on the other side of the board or whatever. And now you want to reuse them. Say so you want to charge into your opponent's lines, yeah. you know, somewhere else. And you need them to have the advanced charge, you know, outside of the exactly. strategy, of course. So you want it somewhere else. And you're just like, oh, here's my from beyond and psychic stimulus. And my caster can't be denied because I'm in my own deployment zone. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an incredible power for just taking brain miles away from you as the player, as, as the wielder. Like, okay, so I need to get this power off to get this play done. So this guy needs to be in this position and it needs to be over here. And the sun needs to be in the zenith. And it needs to be a Sunday in the afternoon. And uh, I need to be a Leo. <laughs> um, and instead, you can just play one CP, not worry about any of that stuff. And you just get it i think it's phenomenal oh yeah. my god there's a reoccurring no sorry go ahead john no as i was literally about to go there uh this is just really nice you know you're going to make a mistake eventually you're going to realize you want to spell somewhere and sometimes you're going to plan on it and just accept that you're spending cp wonderful value wonderful mm. value yeah this is a reoccurring theme in the book of being able to do um you know psychic spells or anything from anywhere on the battlefield um there's there's multiple ways to you know get buffs elsewhere or, uh, you, you know, target stuff, and which is, like, really cool because, you know, you think of Teen Circle as like a, kind of a decentralized force where they're just kind of attacking you from, from everywhere. And this kind of just, you know, really plays into that. Agreed. All right, next up we have Reckless Demolitions, 1 CP. Use a strategy in the fight phase when a Gene Steel Cult unit from an army selected to fight. Select one model equipped with a grenade weapon in that unit until the end of the phase. That model can only make one attack with that grenade weapon, even though it is a merely uh, it is not a melee weapon, and even though it has the blast special rule, and can do so even if it's within engagement range of an enemy unit. When doing it does so, it makes the number of attacks equal to that weapon's type characteristic. 
Each time that model makes an attack with that weapon, an unmodified hit roll of two plus is always successful. An unmodified hit roll of one after the model's unit has finished making all of its attacks, one model in that unit is destroyed. So literally you bonk them with the demo charge and I love it. It should say one CP demo bonk. <laughs> it does this. not consume the demo charge it either. Not, exactly right. You can throw the demo charge afterwards as well. Yep. This is, I love this because you, you definitely don't use the weapon. Mm -hmm. um, so you, if you hit someone with a demo charge, you'd still throw it later. What I'm not 100% on is if you throw the demo charge, can you box them with it later? Mm. I think the reasonable answer to that is no, no. but not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rules is written, so I would expect that one to just get a quiet FAQ that where everyone's like, yeah, that makes we sense. We all just agree. Kind of yeah. move on. Yeah. But yeah, just you just pick a weapon you're equipped with and you just make attacks that are very, very similar to that stat line. You don't actually use it. Yeah. But just super, super cute. Just because yeah. it's so easy to just have a demo charge in an acolyte squad, a demo charge in a uh, in like an you know a, a jackal squad. And that's not great, but you know, if someone has a character and you just you can't really get to it, but a couple jackals are nearby. You fall back, you shoot, you charge them, and it's like, ah, well, you know, if I'm hitting like a, something crappy, like a lieutenant or a company commander, and I want to kill it, we'll just give them a demo charge. Yeah, it's like here, you drop this. Spot on. You get uh, the full D six shots with this, right? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. You make you make D six attacks with the weapon because you just make a number of attacks equal to that weapon's type characteristic. Mm -hmm. I don't think okay. you get the benefit of blast. I was about to say I don't think uh, you get blast, but you'll get still D6. D6 attacks, yeah. strength at AP, three damage, two for one CP. Situationally awesome. Mm. All right, John, kick it's on, on twos. Yeah, that, that yeah, also on yeah, twos. Uh, Leaders of the cult is very very simple. It's the extra warlord trait uh, stratagem that everyone has. It is a little bit different in Gene Store cult. So when you're mustering your army, if your warlord is a patriarch, yes, you can select up to two other cult models with the HQ battlefield role from your army and determine one warlord trait for each of them with the HQ battlefield yep. role. You have so many elite slot characters mm -hmm. that this actually is a little frustrating. So, but yeah, just if you have a patriarch, then you get to pick your your primus magus, your primus um, icon ward. But it's only going to be just two HQs. Get it? But it is two for the price of one. It is. Yeah. So. Yeah. You can select two cult models, for and that's just awesome. Yep. So um, if they're randomly generated, reroll the results, all the normal Warlord trade stuff, you can only use a stratagem once, etc. But it's just a two for one, Yeah. which is awesome. It's better than others. The downside is you have to have a patriarch. The upside is, you know what? I don't mind having a patriarch. Yeah, fair enough. Anything, anything, so the next one up is the extra relics. Anything different there? No, this is exactly what you expect. Yeah. Uh, the only thing to note for uh, everyone who has been not playing uh, 9th edition codexes is that your warlord has to be Gene Star Cults. Yeah. Because a lot of Gene Star Cult players also play Tyranids and they're gonna yeah. be surprised. It's like, oh I want a Leviathan Warlord and Gene Star Cult relics, not gonna happen. And Pauper Princes. Yeah, you're gonna need the Gene Star Cult Warlord, but other than that, you know, it's the exact same as every other ninth edition relic strat. Yeah. You know. Easy. Uh, all right, Canon, tell us about pack hunters. Oh man. Uh I heard you guys like jackals. <laughs> <laughs> Yo dog. Uh, <laughs> Yo, dog. Yeah, so the stratagem is uh, the shooting phase. Uh, you pick a unit within, enemy unit within six inches of a jackal unit, and they just count as exposed for the rest of your army. So two CP, army-wide, plus one to wound. Yes. Pretty damn good. Um, and yeah, nothing more to add there, really, is it? Mm -hmm. Yep. It, that's awesome. You know, it's a way to get exposed without getting someone on the other side. That can be very useful because a, an opponent who tries to screen you out uh, and stop you from getting behind them as like their way to counter Gene Star Cult. Mm -hmm. We'll use a rock and a bike squad up, and you're like, you're not getting out of this easy. Exactly. Right. I want my wounds. All right, next up, genetic lineage, one CP. Use the stratagem in the charge phase. Select one acolyte hybrid or acolyte metamorph 
sorry, hybrid metamorph unit from your army until the end of the turn. That unit is eligible to charge in a turn in which it advanced. What a freaking game changer. Um, fantastic. This is an import from Psychic Awakening. Yes. But it was the best stratagem from Psychic Awakening. And absolutely freaking necessary. It's freaking necessary. Yeah. And you've, I've got to mention the one part of this that makes it even better. Mm -hmm. It's you use it in your charge phase, not yes. when you advance. Correct. So what is really cool here is that to next week, we'll tell you about one of the Psychic Powers, which is also advanced charge. So you can have two on, you can have two units advancing charging, or you can wait and see if you get the power off on the unit. Before you, you know, before you do it, and then you can use the space CP should you get denied, should you get 4 plus turned off, or should you just fail the cast. Yeah. Uh, I also I had a situation come up in a test game where I advanced a, uh, a metamorph squad towards something I wanted to kill. My shooting to soften it up kind of rolled hot, and I killed it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to spend this command point then. Exactly right. And I did, hadn't already spent it. I love this stratagem. It's one of my favorites here. Um, Cannon, tell us about Meticulous Uprising. Okay, so this one is um, when you reveal an ambush marker, um, it's 2 CP. Yep. Um, <clears throat> for each ambush marker removed, so I think you can set up to 2 and strike force. So you basically redeploy 2 ambush markers in your deployment zone. Um, it's not bad. It's a pseudo-redeploy. Yeah. 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 Uh, when, when you need it, you're going to be happy it's there, but it's not a game changer, is it? Yeah. I think I like telling my opponent, like, hey, all these blips are down. You know, because blips are basically the same as last edition, by the way. Uh, all these blips are down. Anything could be anything. And oh, by the way, if you really try to set up a one blip, I can just move them. With the you can just move it. Yeah, exactly. So, and then they're not going to, and then I'm not going to move it, and we'll just move on. <laughs> um, so up next is clandestine goals. Clandestine? Never really sure on that one. Clandestine, For one, clandestine goals. I'm not Jeez. a gene circle player. For one CP, use this stratagem after selecting secondary objectives or agendas. Choose one of your selections and don't reveal it to your opponent. This is awesome. The first time you score victory points or experience points, you play crusade for that selection, reveal it to your opponent, and that you still have to make a record. They recommend writing it down. You can yeah. only strike them once. So good. This is big. This is nice. So yeah. only Dark Angels have the same as this, right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of people have changes, but you can hide a secondary for one CP, and that is good. Have you, Cam? Have you put much thought into what secondary you might want to hide with this? No, I actually, I was about to ask John uh, what, is, what, what his thoughts and like what kind of scenario would this come up. So, um, because I mean, I, my Grey Knights is my other army, and mm -hmm. you know, I do have access to swapping a secondary and, yeah. all, and all that stuff after seeing your opponent. So it's kind of a similar thought process, but I'm not sure. Um, John, would you, do you want so, to touch on this? Yeah, so you, there, there's a couple things where I think Gene Spur Cold is really good at the engage in all fronts category. Yep. And they're really good at the, um, the retrieve Octarius data category and all the other objectives in that, in that line. So you're great at that. The third one's going to be tough, where sometimes you're going to have to take assassinate. You're going to mm -hmm. have to take no prisoners. Mm -hmm. Honestly, there's a little part of me that wants to sneakily have like a, a to the last built yes. into a list yes. and not really tell people it's there. Because mm -hmm. um, it's not a conventional thing for GSC. Yeah, it's not a real GSC thing. The, uh, and it's, it's in a category that is, is, you've got no competition for you. Really, um, well, the only so as a dark just player, the only real times I've really found mass mileage out of it, I went through a lot of uh, thinking about where to get this best mileage out of this. So, what's what's the stratagem that I don't need to score five turns on to, to get max? Um, and what is what is the the most I'll get from a single instance of scoring the first time I score? And it became down to behind enemy lines for me. Is one that I don't need to score turn one, and the longest longer I hold it hidden from my opponent, the greater the value it gives. Yeah. And then the first the first dump of points that I get, which is four for behind enemy lines, is is good enough. If I get that twice from the setup, and then the, the then the explosion of points, and get an eight. If they wipe me, it was my third choice. I'm all good. 
John. Another thing I wanted to uh, point out is that there's a, I, I don't know about the new GT pack that will be getting soon, but yeah. right now, a lot of secondaries score at the end of the game. Exactly X. right. So, for example, if you took Assassinate yep. and you killed a character on turn two, you don't score any points. Mm -hmm. You score points at the end of the battle, three points for every character that's not alive. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we all write down our sheet because we know we're going to get those points, but you haven't scored them yet. So, if I take Assassinate, my opponent does not know that until the end of the Agreed. game. So, it's not like, ooh, you killed my succubus. Well, now my Archon and Homunculus are going to try to hide. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. So, taking any secondary that's checked at the end of the game instead of when you accomplish a goal mm -hmm. is going to be much better with, uh, with uh, clandestine Agreed. goals. All right, next up is Booby Trap 1CP. Hold on. Can I say one thing? You can you can take that with the real. No, actually, you can't. The really <laughs> bad secondary we got. Yeah, no. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll we, talk about the James we, secondaries later. We, we, we might not. We might just. Booby trap one CP. Use this strategy at the end of your turn. Select one objective marker you control that has the Reductor Saboteur or Gene Steel Cult Core unit. Uh, from your army within range of it, uh, A rather than the. Um, the next time an enemy unit, excluding aircraft, ends any kind of move within range of that objective marker, roll 1d6. On a 2 to 4, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. On a 5 plus, it suffers 3. You can only select each objective marker for this stratagem once. Um, probably never doing it. It's adorable. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. There's like the one scenario where there's a one wound succubus running yeah. around, and I'm like, yeah. what do I and do? They know you have I'm going to hide on she has objective. To, she has to come to this objective. Yeah, I'm going to hide yeah. on objective. Yeah. I, like let, let's be real here very cute very thematic very unlikely to use very unlikely to be used yeah, yeah. it's what's going to be hilarious though when you got that one wing night and you're like you gotta come here to deny my primary you're like, well, like what are you gonna do let's go baby let's go <laughs> um there's right, some meme of, potential here between that and the saboteur if you just want to stack a bunch of yeah that's uh, fine it's on fair. the objective mm, <laughs> it's pretty cute uh next um, yep, yep, yep. yep lurk in the shadows yeah, uh, this is a this is a great stratagem. Um, this is very cool, and it's also a holdover from Eighth Edition. But um, use this stratagem to start your opponent's shooting phase, and you select an a Gene called Infantry Unit from your army um, until the end of the phase. Each time an enemy model shoots that, if unit if the unit is not the closest eligible tar target within twelve inches of that model, then until that shooting is resolved, the enemy model cannot be the target of a unit. So the difference here between this and Eighth Edition is, I believe, in Eighth you had to be wholly on a terrain feature. Uh, John, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. 100% correct. Uh, okay, so just 12 inches away and not the closest unit. So this is really cool to you know set up uh, and stage maybe like a melee unit in the midboard and, and maybe push some like rock grinders and some stuff into your, your opponent's lines and yeah. then just be like, hey, you can't shoot this acolyte yeah. unit. Just so sit, sit down in the open. It's pretty, pretty nice. I'm, I'm a fan of them having this, and I think it's a big game changer. And when, when you need it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really shake things up. All right, John, you're up next. Oh, Return of the Shadows. Oh, How did you oh, know baby. I wanted to do this one? Oh, it's almost like I plan these things ahead sometimes oh. a little bit. <laughs> All right, so this one command point strat is a holdover that got better. Oh my lord, did it get better. In your movement phase when a Gene Cult Infantry is selected to move, or in your fight phase after a Gene Cult Infantry unit from your army has resolved all of its attacks before it consolidates. If that unit is more than six away from an enemy unit, remove it from the battlefield and in the reinforcement step your next movement phase, set that unit back up on the battlefield anywhere that is more than nine inches away from any enemy models. Oh, um, my lord. So this is like a combination of Return of the Shadows the old way, and also like Overrun from Tyranids. Mm -hmm. So if you go in, you kill, you you fight, and you kill all of the models within six inches of you, you can just go in reserve after you fight. Yes. <clears throat> what is the best thing to do with a melee bomb unit? 
Yeah. Not turn, not let it explode. Exactly. Explode it again next turn. <laughs> go in, kill something, go in reserves. A, a quick little note, uh, which again, because the order of rules here, we haven't mentioned that Jinx the Cold Deep Strike's a little better than normal. Um, Jinx the Cold Deep Strike's 8 away, not 9 away. Just yeah, so you know. Just it's flat. Flat. It, there's when, no 9 inch Deep Strike, it's 8 inches. But yeah. this strat does put you in at 9 away. It doesn't put yeah. you into their underground rule. Yeah. It puts you into a normal strategic reserves. You have to be 9 away. Still, really good value. I use CP. I've seen this use this every game. One CP, very, very strong, very happy with this. I'm thrilled with the change to, to Return of the Shadows. All right, next up, covering fire, one CP. Use this stratagem in your charge phase. Select one enemy unit that is a crossfire marker. Until the end of the turn, that unit cannot fire overwatch, set to defend, or perform heroic interventions. I am a surprise this has come up as much as it has. It actually has come up quite well because overwatch is actually a big deal for you to dodge with Gene Steel Cults because any little old flamer can just pick up half a squad and you can be really, really, really frustrated. Uh, Cannon, what do you think? Uh, uh, so the biggest thing here is turning off rogue intervention. Exactly that's, right. yeah. that's, that's so money. Um, where do you see the applications? Like, where is it actually going to make a difference? Because naturally, getting crossfire markers on characters that are being uh, you know bodyguarded or whatnot is actually quite difficult. But you do have some sniper options to be able so, to get well, sniper options. And again, going back, I feel like a broken record. The Nexus just picks a unit and just picks and, a unit. Uh, just picks a unit. Yeah, yeah. So if your I mean your opponent has something like you know a, a knight or. Uh, like a so you shred not or you know character on an objective my, that's like you know hey if you come and yeah. touch it i'm gonna heroic in there you're yeah. just gonna be like hey here's a crossfire marker and you can't do that and i'm gonna steal your objective. you want to make space with players cry just just dial yep. up some covering fire it's yeah. done uh john you're up next um all right next up is tunnel crawlers for one command point use strategy in your charge phase select one area terrain feature until the end of the turn each time you use the cult infantry from your army declares a charge against an enemy unit within that terrain feature Enemy units within that, terrain, uh, to that area terrain feature cannot fire Overwatch mm -hmm. or set to defend, and you can ignore the effects of difficult ground from that area terrain feature. This is amazing. Super solid. Ter area terrain feature, every mm -hmm. unit, enemy yep. units, every one mm -hmm. in that terrain mm -hmm. feature. Don't yep. be charging the same one if they so stacked a bunch in there. Take an entire ruin, nothing that has any, it's not wholly within, it's within. Anyone touching the ruin I pick, the, the hair of a base touching it to try mm -hmm. to get light cover, Every single unit cannot fire watch. Yep. And they can't set to defend. And, uh, you know, if it happened to be like a forest, I will yeah. take the minus two. Exactly right. Super good. Cannon, what do you think, man? Uh, this is this is awesome, especially comboed with, I'm not going to jump ahead, but excavated. Uh, yes. Where you basically, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, no, this is this is awesome. Yeah, like, if you're going to be a deep strike, yeah. and you don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. want to hit it the minus two, you know, onto charge for going through dense. Or you don't want to get flamored. Like Agreed. this is awesome. This could just be a one CP plus two to charge. You know, in, in charging into a forest, and it would be good enough to use the CP on. Um, you're up next, Cannon. Uh, so next we got Pinnacle Devotion. Um, this one's this one's a little complicated, but this is pretty cool. Uh, so heroic intervention step, uh, charge phase. Select one enemy unit that is within gauge range of a Patriarch, Primus, or Magus from your army, and then you select a core unit within six inches. Yep. Um, basically, that unit core unit with the six inches can do a heroic six inch heroic uh, instead of three, and it does not have to end closer to the closest enemy model. Mm -hmm. uh, the the one requirement is that it has to end in engagement range of that selected enemy unit. Yes, this is cool. This is this there's is some cool. jank here. Yeah, you can set up a lot of counterplay and a lot of absolute nonsense with this. I believe. Uh, yeah. John, what are your thoughts? Um, fantastic. Again, not going to come up often. When it does, amazing. Um, just 
anytime you have a heroic intervention stratagem, it's 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 fantastic to have in the toolkit because you get to tell your partner about it. Yeah, exactly right. Like, you can tell everybody about it. Yeah, um, and I this do, combos really well with the bodyguard thing. Yes. Uh, the unquestioning loyalty. I have a very small complaint here that's not a real one. Uh, I hate that it's for core units and not mm. core slash pure strains. Yes, because I feel like pure strains should be defending the patriarch. Agreed, but yeah. that's fine. It's still a very good strat. It's good to have because you get to warn your opponent about it. It makes charging into you. Um, a lot, uh, a lot scarier Problematic, for your yeah. opponent because yeah. Jinster Cult hates getting charged. Yes, they love correct. charging, they hate correct. getting charged. So anytime you can mess with this, fantastic, love it. I want more of it. All right, next up, roaming engagement two CP. Use a stratagem in your shooting phase after making attacks with an Adeline Jackal or Achilles Ridge Run unit from your army. That unit can make a normal move up to seven inches, as if it were your movement phase. Till the end of the turn, that unit is not eligible to declare a charge. So fire and fade essentially for. Uh, Jackals and Ridge Runners, Cannon, is this another reason that you are so high on Rusted Claw? Oh, this is awful. You'll never use this. Definitely. No, I'm kidding. This, is, this is so good. This is, yeah. But if, if you like movement, eh, I, just just run bikers. Go go buy a bunch of bikers. And if you just want to run around the board, like you can you can kind of do it all here. <laughs> They've just made that unit so holistically exciting, isn't it? It's just, it's just so interesting. It doesn't do a hell of a lot of damage in shooting or combat. They're both kind of respectable, good, uh, like to, to all right to good levels. Um, mm -hmm. but they're just they're just a great jack of all trades, jackal of all trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep coming back. Uh, <laughs> jack, up, sorry, John, you're up next. Ouch. All right. So next up is uh, neural. No, the uh, just because you called me Jack. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so next up is coordinated assault. Yep. Right. Use a stratagem at the start of the fight phase. Select one enemy unit that has a crossfire marker. And the engagement range of any Gene Circle units from your army. Until the end of the phase, that enemy unit is not eligible to fight until after all eligible units from your army have done so. <sighs> I wish bam, you did bam. not. I wish I actually wish Gene Circles didn't have this, because this is like one of the last pieces of the puzzle <laughs> for an aggressive army to oh, just so be good. just be good, right? It's so good. I mean, you're not durable, so interrupts are horrific. Um, and like I interrupt with five intercessors and I just don't worry, I'm I'm good now. I'm fine. That's why we have it. And that's why you've got it. It's so important. Uh, am I right in saying this? Am I allowed to say it? Yeah, go for it. Am I allowed to say Okay, uh, this is another reason why you bring an Nexus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say yeah. the line, Bart. And I'm also going to say my line and that this is a bread and butter. You need to be planned to use this because, like I said, any interrupt is a horrific, horrific issue. Uh, all right. Next up is Neural Overload. This is 1CP. Use a strategy shooting phase or fight phase after making an attack with a Sanctus model from your army. If the enemy unit model lost any wounds as a result of that attack but was not destroyed, roll 3d6. If the result is greater than that enemy model's leadership characteristic um, until the end of your shooting phase, that enemy model's unit loses any aura abilities it has. If the enemy model is a Psyker, it suffers a Perils of the Warp. Each enemy unit can only be affected by this stratagem once. Now, is that once per turn, once per game, or is that once in infinity? So if I take, you know, turn game one of a tournament, you know, I get hit by this strat. Game five, I play GSC again. It's once only. Yeah, I yeah, think, definitely, I think definitely. That's how that works. In perpetuity. <laughs> and so I'm going to have to go on BCP and check and see if, like, Brad has played against a second yeah. before. Yeah. I'm going to be like, hold on, Brad, when did you play the second? Exactly. No. Yeah. We're, we're joking, of course. It's obviously meant to be once <laughs> per game. Once per game. Um, yeah. Still solid. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I thought the Sanctus was one of those units that got a little bit worse in this, or at least it's it's mm -hmm. modus operandi. You know, it's hard to find a slot for it, but it's not it's not bad, and this just makes it that tiny bit better. Canon, are you a fan of the Sanctus? 
I, I am a huge fan. I'm having a little bit of trouble fitting him in my list just yeah. because I don't want to go too crazy with, with the characters. Mm. Uh, he's very good. Uh, the auto-hitting sniper rifle, he does a lot for your army. And, I mean, obviously turning off auras, I mean, that's just that's pretty good. Right? I don't like that it's on a 3D6, but, I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. I wish this was automatic, or at least I wish it had some effect if you failed the 3D6. Yeah, there's two effects, but you have to roll 3d6 to get both. Mm -hmm. I wish it was you got one, and if the 3d6 beat, you caught you got an extra. Exactly. Right. Or honestly, I wish it was auto perils, and then, and then the yeah. 3d6 shuts off because that's thematic. That's what it was in the past, wasn't it? It used yeah. to be auto perils. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, jumping down, I think uh, Cannon, you're up next. Yep, something familiar. So use the strategy in the command phase, like a genius or cold model from your army is equipped with a psychic familiar or an alchemist familiar. Uh, can use the um, familiar one additional time. Uh, so the updated familiars, I believe, is a reroll of the psychic mm -hmm. uh, test, which this doesn't excite me in that aspect. Um, where it does excite me is the biophagus. Um, the familiar lets you select a unit to benefit from the table uh, within 18 inches uh, rather than three inches. And I think that's the only situation that I would really use the summon familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, but for the psychic rerolls, I probably wouldn't do that. What do you think, John? Um, solid. I, yeah. The the big thing is that most of the uh the familiar rules are just like reroll a spell and you yeah. just have a CP reroll. But I guess if you were like, hmm, I've already failed the spell and reroll, then I failed another, and this is really important. Okay, you yeah. could use it as a one CP second reroll. Um, yeah. Theoretically, it works in the alchemic is familiar too. I don't see that coming up often. Mm -hmm. It's a nice. I, this feels like like every time there's like a bomb squig or a or one of these little tokens that's yeah. a model, they put in a strat to use it again. This feels like they just put it in here as a default, not even thinking like, huh, mm -hmm. I'm paying a CP to reroll a spell. Gosh, I wonder if there was any other way I could have accomplished this. <laughs> so, yeah, fair. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, fair. It's fine. Um, last one, John, take it away. All right, last one. Primed explosive, one command point. In your shooting phase, when a genius third cult model from your army shoots the grenade weapon or a uh, cache of demolition charges, do not roll to determine the number of attacks made with that weapon. Instead, the maximum number are made with that weapon. So it'll be six on an assault six weapon. I know it says with a grenade weapon, but it's when you throw a demo charge or the other kind of demo yeah. charge. One CP at six shots. Exactly right. You, you, yeah, that's exactly right. And this is good. This is a good one, piece strat, one CP strat. Yeah. You've got like one succubus and like you're double dead. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. If, when there's one, when you get that shot on a character and it's like, this is my only chance this to is impact. It. Yeah. A, a preemptive CP is not the worst thing you can nah, do. Not at all, not at all. Cannon, uh, I know you love the bikes, and the bikes are probably going to use this the most. So you're down here, mm -hmm. down to clown? I'm down to clown, man. <laughs> all the demo charges. Exactly right. Well, that brings us to the ends of the strats, guys. Um, so as it sits right now, we ended on page 67. We're picking up on page 68 next week, hopefully with these two lovely gentlemen. Thank you for sticking through us. We have so much more of this codex. There is so much more codex to come, guys. We have to explain blips. We have to explain the build your own portions, as in, you know, you, you pay extra points for what do you get? What are you getting them for? Relics, warlord traits, all the other bits and pieces, the secondaries, and then some of the data sheets that have made a big impact in the way these guys conceptualize their lists or the ones they think you're going to say but guys that brings us to the end of this one have you enjoyed the process so far canon yeah absolutely um i mean i sat down for about eight or nine hours when i when i started seeing the leaks uh, i think it was saturday and i'm just yeah. like there's so much so much here and i think we're just really touching the wave tips um right now so yeah i guess stay tuned for next week exactly right john uh absolutely love it um you know i, I think the book is pretty strong but i love the way it's written 
Yeah, I, I adore the way it's written. I think this is one of the best written codexes we've had so far. Um, as its power level, I think its power level is just about right. It's not too. It's not too good. It's not too bad. And despite having phenomenally good, um, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much everything except for durability, you have to work for it. You have to work for all of it. Um, so on that note, we're going to we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for everybody who supported us through the holidays, and hope you're all staying safe in this new year. We're getting towards the end of this season with John, my boy, sitting currently number one in the world. So hopefully, he can go all the way and get his crown as an RTC champion. If not, well. You know, I'll, 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 I'll just another pauper prince. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you so much, guys. Love you all. Take care, and we'll see you on the other side. In part two, we're going to be talking about list construction for what these guys have been playing with, why they like it, why they love it, what those lists look like, and then a bunch of your listener questions. Take care, and we'll see you on the other side, guys. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.